Hello and welcome to the 250, your weekly look at the IMDb's top 250 movies of all time. I'm Darren. And I'm Andrew. And this week we're talking about a new entry on the 250. Oh, sorry. Sorry, I can't steal that. It's too late because we already have it in hand. Yeah. Oh, well, thank goodness there's no record of that, Andrew, at all. But yeah, we're discussing a this just in, a new episode, sorry, new entry on the list, a new movie to come in. Hot at number 170. Hot. It is Peter Farrelly's 2018 biographical comedy drama, Green Book. Yeah. We're, uh, new listeners um, won't have noticed that we're, we're introducing a lot of um, kind of uh, shock jock kind of, uh, you know, sound effects and, and uh, that sort of thing. We're trying to keep it fresh with the kids. Yeah. Our demos are great. We, we hit very well in the over 30s. Every now and then we'll just like randomly go into reverb. Yeah, uh, we're going to add some chorus in there. We're going to keep it hot. We're going to come in hot on this bad boy here. But yeah, Green Book, um, which last week we promised we had a very special guest lined up for. Yes, we did. And that guest was... Vigo Mortensen, but his people pulled out at the last minute. It oh. was very messy. Hey. hey, I'm here. Why you gotta bust my balls, Darren? Um, yeah, I know it was. It was. A, it He's was... in the room. <laughs> no, we 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 promised it wouldn't be two white guys talking about race in America. But yeah. then we watched the movie, and it turned out to be a bunch of white guys talking about race in America. So we thought that it would be perhaps appropriate for two white guys to talk about a movie where a bunch of white guys talk about race in America. I feel like that fits. Yeah, yeah, like like Darren. Darren would be careful during this episode <laughs> not to say anything racially insensitive. I'm going to keep him honest. But uh, like, uh, are you just saying what we're all thinking, Andrew? Exactly. Yeah, and and listeners should know that he he comes from a place of ignorance, and he's a good guy. <laughs> Whereas you're a classic liberal. I'm a classic liberal. I'm centrist. <laughs> um, I say things that people um on on are afraid on, to say anymore. On the new alt right, say. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so we're off to a great start. Oh, we're fantastic! Getting, we're getting our early January uh, sort of like. Clint Eastwood and Gran Torino podcast off to a good start. Exactly. Yeah. This this uh, podcast is going to probably be be played in in um, in universities as as an example of like how how to talk about race. Counter example, perhaps. Um, but yeah, well, I mean, oh, this, I don't know, Darren. I I don't want to promise too much, but listeners, I think this is the best. Um, of our episodes of, of, of the year and we're only getting started. We're just warming up. Yeah, we were understandably, well, I, I was, um, because I am a liberal snowflake, I was a little uh, cautious about this uh, being... Uh, Low-tea soy boy. That, uh, yeah, certainly. Yes, yeah, certainly. But, um, but uh, a, a liberal snowflake? Actually, I think a lot about this because I'm definitely a millennial uh, liberal snowflake. Certainly. Like... I look at things like um, I was listening to Gordon Ramsay talk the other day about his experience under all of these fantastic chefs 
who um who are real ball breakers um to 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 to, to, to use some of the the, the, the language of this the movie film, yeah yeah um, hey gordon why you gotta bust my balls exactly but they made him who he was people like marco pierre white and that sort of thing and he says so you, and 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 of course he took it as an opportunity because he's probably a brexit voter to say so you see the millennials like uh, uh snowflakes you see all that sort of stuff makes you makes you a stronger person now like i i <laughs> I will become a, a blubbering wreck on, um, uh, if um, if uh, subjected to that sort of treatment for a long enough time. It was because I I I I I came from a family where where I was uh, uh, frequently um, uh, what's what what's the world? It's a good thing, by the way. Um, where where I uh, affirmed, yeah. So um, anyway, <laughs> just, yeah. just just to go uh, to slightly me. off topic for oh, a no. moment. Yes, we are snowflakes. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, honestly, tackling this, I was a bit nervous to, to do this because Green Book is a movie that has become a miniature firestorm in its context. It was uh, nominated. Harder for, hearts than ours. Daddy. Yeah. <laughs> nominated for six Academy Awards. It won the Producers Guild of America Award the week before the Oscar nominees were announced, which would make it uh, compare one of the front runners uh, for the Best Picture uh, Oscar. Uh, it has an editing nomination, which makes it again one of the front runners for the Best Picture Oscar. And one of the interesting things is, and it's a it's a white movie about race, which, which also <laughs> makes it a front runner for the Best Picture Oscar. But I mean, this is this is the thing because I mean, when we were talking about this, when the Oscar race was shaping up, and again, we we should say by the way, this uh, podcast is exclusively um for your awards consideration as 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 listeners <laughs> and it's not intended for uh was it for public yeah public pr- public uh, consumption performance yeah, yeah that's it exactly um so yeah do please not keep record in mind this uh, if you're on an oil rig yeah um, do not broadcast this in schools certainly don't broadcast this in schools um <laughs> just, that's just good advice in general we, we we have some teachers who listen to the podcast i think it should be up to them whether they broadcast <laughs> it in schools maybe listen to the end yeah but um yeah so this is this is one of the movies how that many, is how, how many periods do you think that would be <laughs> <laughs> like I think they might be able to get it across over a week, maybe, of English classes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this this is the thing, though. The thing with no Hamlet this year. (laughs) Yeah, we're doing the two fifty. But this is the thing with the with Green Book, right? Because coming into awards season back in November, because Darren actually keeps track of these things, it was looking like. Yeah, I know, I know. I'm sorry, Andrew, but it looked like the big Oscar contest of the year was going to be. Old Hollywood versus New Hollywood, like it is every year. It's a, it's the same narrative over and over again in the Oscars. Think of, for example, La La Land versus Moonlight, where you have this MGM-style musical versus this sort of indie African-American gay romance shot by an indie film director. That's to the extent that their eyes could only see La La Land. <laughs> um, but yeah, you have this sort of... Like- <laughs> it just like, doesn't exist. Just read the words. It says Moonlight. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> La la la, moonlight, la la, M O L A. Poor Warren Beatty, poor poor Warren Beatty. Um, but the thing is that, uh, and it looked like it was going to be the same this year, except 
back in November when the race was shaping up, it looked like it was going to be Roma, which we talked about last year, last week with the great uh, Anya O'Connor, versus A Star Is Born, which we That's talked right. about in November with the great Stacey Groudon. And uh, notice how we're avoiding playing favorites with guests there. They're, everybody's great. But the issue is that... Uh, friend of the show. Yep, long-term friend of the show. But we had... Um, basically, it looked like that was going to be the, the, the race. It was going to be A Star Is Born, Bradley Cooper's auteur, 70s style, ode to star making, versus this Mexican director's black and white Spanish and Mextech movie for, based on his own childhood, rooted in esoteric Mexican culture. And that was going to be how the Oscar race shaped up. But one of the interesting things that happened as the race developed was that it seemed like the Oscars fell out of love with A Star Is Born. Bradley Cooper notably didn't get a Best Director nomination for it. But they began embracing Green Book. They all a whole load of Andrews. (laughs) Tell me something, boy. Um, (laughs) Is it hard keeping it so hardcore, your hatred of A Star Is Born? But I mean, the, the thing about Green Book... I don't know if I hated it. But I, I, I think you, I, was I, I, was, I was on yeah. that podcast. I was on that podcast. I certainly hated it. Yes, <laughs> that is true. Like, but but not not wholly and entirely. It's like recording a Star <laughs> Is Born was one of the most interesting experiences I've had on this podcast because we saw it separately. And I don't like a Star Is Born, so I was going into it thinking, okay, I'm going to be the bad cop here. I'm going to be the one who's like, well, I don't really like it. It doesn't really get me emotionally. You're looking at yourself in the mirror saying, I'm a bad cop. Yeah. I'm a bad cop. Look at you, Officer Mooney. Yeah. Yeah, roar. You're too strong for them. (laughs) Um, You big boy. Yeah. Emotionally hardcore, baby. Um, And then we got into talking about it and it became very clear that you had sort of earmarked the bad cop role on that particular podcast. Which was upsetting for you. (laughs) Because I was like, I want to be the bad cop. Everybody wants to be the bad cop. <laughs> we can't both be the bad cop. <laughs> it's just really awkward. Um, but to get back to talking about Green Book, the thing about Green Book is it swept and it built up this incredible momentum. It won, I think, it, it premiered at the Toronto Film Festival. It won the Audience Award there, which is generally a hallmark, I think, in the past 20 years. Only two winners of that Audience Award at the Toronto Film Festival. That's right. Everybody loved it. So yeah. no backlash whatsoever good good absolutely no stories that we're gonna have to talk about so i'd say guys we we'd recommend you watch this movie we'd uh, there are absolutely uh, no uh, production details that we're gonna have to discuss so absolutely um, no no scandals involving the actors uh, it would be on your 250 yeah director the writer good good no controversy should be on the 250 shouldn't it yeah i mean grant so we'll see you the other side oh yeah we're gonna have to talk about this stuff andrew oh okay so Green Book was hit by a number of scandals. I, I don't know how aware you are of this because I know scandals? you like to go. I like to know you go in blind. So I would how say aw- I would say on. Okay, would well, be the extent to which I'm. You're, aware you're not aware of, of any scandals. any ambient. I'm aware that there is <laughs> yeah. some, but like when is there not? That's fair. These snowflakes, Darren. <laughs> Okay, well, this is the thing. Someone had a hot take, I imagine. Oh, no, it gets better, right? So I feel really bad. I feel like maybe, I'm not sure that we should do this I've before we talk about the film. I've been spared this. Yeah, you've been spared this. And I feel like I'm about to pummel a small, adorable couple, uh, puppy. But, hey, uh, why can't we just uh, enjoy Gran Torino? Uh, yeah, what's why are you going to break deal? my balls down? Yeah. Um, so, four big scandals involving Green Book, any one of which would, in theory, have been enough to topple a movie. First scandal. In late November, 
Viggo Mortensen is at an audience, like a, a preemptive screening of the film. He's doing a Q&A. Did he say he, something? He, sorry. He is, he Did is, he say something he shouldn't have he said? He said something he shouldn't have said. He was asked... He is the face <laughs> of white privilege. <laughs> yeah. He was, he was asked... He is that 16-year-old kid with the MAGA hat. Yeah, it was like, I don't understand how this possibly could be misread. Viggo Mortensen used the N-word. And he was like, people don't say the N-word anymore, except instead of saying the N-word, he said the word that the N-word represents. He's like... Which is? Yeah, we're not doing that, Andrew. Um, but yeah, so he, he did that. That was a big scandal. Obviously, it'll sort of storm around. What context? He was like, he was asked, basically, so how do you think race relations have improved in the United States since the film was set? And he's like, well, people don't say the N-word anymore. This is because in his uh, he's 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 just um, in his next movie he's playing the uh, is he it the forty forty third president of, <laughs> of the, the United, United States, States. Yeah. the um uh, um or is it for, uh, where did where was Obama um, <laughs> Obama's forty four so yeah forty fourth yeah. okay yeah no he's he uh, no did um as far as we know. <laughs> Donald Trump hasn't said that word <laughs> on tape yet. Yeah, but um, the but the but the forty fourth uh, president has on on tape. Um, all, 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 because of course, there's absolutely no difference in context there. Exactly, whatsoever. It means he's a racist, Darren. Okay, um, not touching that. <laughs> Backing away. Sorry, moving, I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying to make this problematic from the from, no, no, from the no. get go. I don't know why. Sorry, sorry. I and for 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 some reason, like in Darren's room in January, <laughs> talking about a a movie about race, two white guys. Yeah. What I've, could I've, possibly go wrong? Yeah, yeah. Could I? I could I? Could I did I, try could I and get guests. I, <laughs> I want Mister to know. I did try and get guests. We did try and get people who were more knowledgeable to talk about this because we understand that maybe it's not ideal for us to be the ones who are talking about race in America. But anyway, um. But so let's move on to controversy number two. Then, are you ready for controversy number two? I want to hear more about controversy number one. Well, that's really what controversy number one is. He said the N word. He shouldn't have. He was asked like on on a red carpet. <laughs> yeah. It's like well, hey. Um, uh, how have race soft, relations improved? Yes. Softball, Vigo. <laughs> yeah. how, how, how do you think race relations have improved? Have, have uh, are there ways in which things are, are worse now? It's like, well, yeah, I, 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 I think that people um, are more afraid. Darren is looking <laughs> at the uh, and, 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 and <laughs> Darren is looking at it to see kind of like appropriate edit point. <laughs> Twenty minutes. Yeah. Perfect. Um, people are listening to the podcast saying, wait a second, it's only 15 minutes in. Um, but yeah, so um, but yeah, so that was that was controversy number one, right? That that should be enough to sort of like trip up its momentum. Contro- I don't know. <laughs> yeah, controversy number, number two. two. Um, I know, this is like a law and order thing. Controversy yeah. number two. So... This story is, like, not to get too spoilery, is the heartwarming story of a friendship between an Italian-American driver and an African-American pianist. Yeah, back of the DVD stuff. Yeah, Yeah, that's sort of, that's the very basic level of it. Right, so, the family of the African-American pianist come out and say, none of that is true, actually. Right. Um, Turns out, they didn't actually get along, they didn't have a friendship, they were together for one and a half years, but it was a fractured relationship, and the pianist had to fire his driver because he wouldn't wear a uniform properly. Right. 
Um, and, you know, so that obviously puts a bit of a dent in the whole heartwarming friendship thing. It gets or, worse. It gets worse. Or. Okay. Or. I think we've spoken about this many times in different contexts. In which, why let the truth <laughs> get in the way of a good story? Exactly, get in the way of a more interesting story. <laughs> we had we 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 had this with um, recently the uh, Queen um, slash Freddie Mercury oh, uh, Bohemian biopic Bohemian Rhapsody, where you had said that they had <laughs> let the truth um, never let the truth get in the way of a much less interesting story. You're right, right, and I I I suppose. Um, there, there, there is more than that to this, perhaps, because there, there. I would imagine that it's not just that you've not let the truth get in the way of a more interesting story, which may perhaps be true, but I would imagine, correct me, that um, there is a further issue of appropriating um, a person's story yeah um, right it, it's primarily it's also the fact that like this story was written by nick uh Vologna or Vologna. um yeah we're gonna we're, lots of mispronunciations villanueva here. villanueva yeah um villanueva? it was written by the son of tony lip who's the Sally? main the, the italian-american character in the film you're so, so it's racist darren i know well, uh, we're gonna learn t- to pronounce his name we're gonna talk about that later um but uh, it was written by the son of the main character in the film, Tony Lip. <clears throat> and so obviously it preferences Tony's version of events. Right. The issue is, the issue is that the Shirley family, the story of the African-American pianist, right. were never, com- never consulted on this. Uh-huh. They're never asked about it. There was never even a basic background check done. In fact, uh, Maher Shala Ali, um, apologies, uh, Mr. Ali. Go ahead. Try that again. <laughs> No. Mahershala Ali. Um, it, he, uh, uh, no, I might be wrong. I thought it was Mahershala. Mahershala. Well, I don't know. Okay. Uh, Mr. Ali's uh, representatives, like, when he was making the film, he was told I, that there were no surviving Shirley relatives for him to talk to. Um, and in fact, it's come out that, like, little details, like the estrangement that, like, entire details of the film that we'll talk about when we get into the spoiler zone were fabricated about Shirley's life. Shirley we'll himself. Talk about the estrangement, Darren. Okay, yeah. That, that was something that was disputed. But Shirley's family um, have come out and said that, that things like... That's not back in the DVD stuff. I know. He was, he was asked about the possibility of making a film of his life. And Shirley declined to do it while he was alive because he knew that he would not have control of the narrative. That like his version of the story would be overwritten by you know other people trying to tell different stories with it. And so there's an element of that to the, that controversy as well over the film. Where it's a story being told by this Italian-American family that uses Shirley's family, Shirley and his family almost as props to a certain extent right. without any agency or respect for their sort of autonomy. That's controversy number two. Yeah. I suppose um, we're talking there about kind of um, the means of the movie rather than the ends. Yeah, the ends. Yeah. Um, so, but but it's not it's not an uninteresting topic. Yeah. And, and I mean, it, it certainly comes into the way that people now um, discuss movies. And talk about them. And I mean, well, this, this is the thing where it's like, it's not even any one of these things. It's, it's the cumulative impact of this. Because we're only, we're only halfway through here, right? Just to be clear, right? So, so controversy number three. So through the controversy. Controversy we've, scale. We've, wrapped, we've wrapped on controversy <laughs> number two. Yeah. Thank God that's over. Now, <laughs> it's all now, clear sailing. Now let's get back to those Oscar... Oh, what's this? Controversy number three, which is the director Peter Farrelly, right? 
who may be best known for his work directing movies like There's Something About Mary, Kingpin, Dumb and Dumber. Dumber. He's one of the great American comedic directors uh, with his brother uh, Bobby. I'm a big fan of him. Kingpin's well worth a rewatch because I think like a lot of people, in spite of of the success of um, There's Something About Mary and uh, Dumb Dumb and Dumber, Dumber. I think less people have seen that. I think it's far more popular in the States, actually. And I think it's also because it arrived at the same time as The Big Lebowski. And so it got overshadowed by that. Oh yeah, like they do that all bowling. the time. Bowling yeah. movies, yeah. Uh, like um, sorry, they don't do bowling movies all the time. But dueling movies, dueling like the movies. Illusionist and the Prestige, or Armageddon uh, and Deep Impact, striptease and Showgirls. I love that. That's the one Andrew went for this year. For example, you have the release. I know. I never visited Pittsburgh. <laughs> you weren't disappointed with it. No. Um, they also have like was it a Dog's Journey um, and a Dog's Way Home are the two dueling movies this year. Yeah, a life less ordinary and some other movie. <laughs> <laughs> where yeah. a person gets kidnapped. Yeah, uh, there's there's all sorts of, of sort of dueling movies like that. But the issue with Farrelly, right, is that it came out during the Oscar campaign for Green Book that he had a habit on his previous films of flashing his penis at female stars in his movies. So like people like Cameron Diaz, for example, where they'd uh, be filming a take and he'd just be like, hey, here's my penis. The director of this movie. Um, yeah, Peter Farrelly. Peter Farrelly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so um, that's controversy number three, right? Yeah, for those it's probably sport. like, um, God, um, feels like people have forgotten about all of those um, terrible things I did back in the 90s. <laughs> Hope that doesn't come back to haunt me once... <laughs> I make once, a prestige pick. Yeah, once these kind of things are, you know, in the zeitgeist. <laughs> oh, thank God 2017 is over. Yeah. That was the year of me too. But now it's 2018. And I'm just all clear, baby. Yeah, yeah. If they couldn't touch Bertolucci, I'm yeah. all clear. Oh, I, I thought some of that 2017 stuff might come back up in 2018, and some of it did. It's 2019 now. So we're all safe. And then finally, controversy. Oh, no. <laughs> controversy number four, because this is the movie that just keeps giving, Andrew. Controversy number four involves writer Nick Vallelonga, right? Um, who is the son of Tony I give Lips. Darren too much uh, too much uh, of a hard time about pronunciations under 250. I want to apologize both to Darren and to the listeners. Okay, but uh, Mr. Vallelonga. Oh, uh, there's more uh, controversy? Yeah, this is controversy number four. <laughs> We're still going. This podcast is going to be all controversy so all the time. finish with controversy number three. Yeah. He, he exposed his dick. Yep, to we're Cameron just, Diaz. We're just and putting that artists. out there, as it yeah. were. <laughs> yeah, quite literally. Um, tough subject to tackle. I know we shouldn't joke about it, but it's, yeah. So it's like, well, we're going to tackle it, right? Yep. Um, the, because, because um, like, as two men, we're, we're... We're entirely comfortable with our sexuality. Anyway, controversy number four, right? Oh, let that pause. <laughs> <laughs> Let's let the air sort of absorb that. Controversy number four, which is Nick Vallelonga, right? Which is the writer, the son of the main character. What did he do? (laughs) What did he do, Nick? Um, What did you do? It came to light. I'm going to find out something terrible. And then I'm going to feel um, uh, worse than I do already. What came to light? Okay. Before we do this, we should keep in mind that the lead actors, one of the lead actors in this film, uh, Maharshal Ali... Uh, yes. is perhaps the most prominent Muslim-American actor in film at the moment. 
Right. He is, I believe, he was the first Muslim actor to win an Oscar. He is possibly going to win an Oscar for this movie, right? Now, yes. what, 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 well, Valalonga, yeah, what Valalonga did uh, would be bad in any context, but in the context of this particular film, it seems particularly ill judged. Did he do a Wahlberg? Not quite. Right. But he, uh, he was a. Tweets came to light from him in 2016 during the campaign of Donald Trump for president, in which oh. he. He vo- He offered. He his, did a Kevin Hart, a very vocal support of Donald Trump, right? Repeating the lie about Muslim Americans being seen celebrating in New Jersey after the Twin Towers fell, right? Which again is something that's been debunked time and time again. But Valalonga was like, "Yeah, I that's a, that's entirely so, true." And finally, somebody's telling it how it I actually happened. Was the truth. Why are you busting my balls? Why you gotta bust his balls, mainstream media? I don't know why I'm being. Quite so glib. quite so glib about yeah. all of this. Well, it is because it just piles on. It just keeps coming. Do you laugh or do you cry? That's it. Like any of this should be enough to stop a film. Like any well, one of these things. Well, like keep I in mean, mind, hold on. Like should should it be, first, be, be, first man? Right, be, first man got sunk by the fact that it didn't have enough flags in it. Or it had too many. Yeah, that's it. Like not having the right amount of flags was enough to sink. Personally, I think it had too many American flags. Not enough Venezuelan flags. Um, controversial take. Cuba. <laughs> Viva la revolution. Yeah. But the, uh, I don't know why I said that in a bad French accent. But again, like this, this is the thing where it's like when you have these movies that trip over over these tiny things, it's like Green Book is just a cavalcade of all this stuff around it that kind of in some way toxifies the movie, makes it very hard to talk about the movie without talking about all those things up front. Because they are... And that's what we're going to do, right? Well, talk about these things up front? Yeah, that's it. That's why we're that's why we're talking about them now, because we have to acknowledge them. Because they, they are part of the context of the film. Yeah. Like, they inform a lot of the debate around, a lot of the discussion We're not around. just going to say that they're problematic. We're going no. to talk about why they're problematic and, 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 and really get a discussion going, right? Well, I mean, I, I kind of think we have already to a certain extent, but I'm willing to go longer if you want to. Uh, but I mean, like, yeah, but a lot of this stuff is... Two emblem- white guys? Uh, yeah, two, again, two white guys talking about race in America. But a lot of this is emblematic of the way that Hollywood has historically People been. don't listen to the podcast to hear us talk about movies, Darren. They want to hear us talk about the meta text around movies. Clearly. Yeah, yeah. Um, they want us to talk about... Um, uh, politics. Uh, privileged uh, directors exposing uh, their penises... I like um, the alliteration. Uh, Privileged penises. Um, uh, 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 pri- Islamophobic writers. Privileged um, producers and their protruding penises. Yeah, and and Islamic writers, which isn't isn't quite as uh, alliterative, but it gets to the point as well. The use of of casual racial epitaphs by actors who are at best oblivious to that. It's the Islamophobic memoir. Yeah, <laughs> the fabrication. Um, of like stories and appropriation of narratives in order to serve, you know, the agenda of, you know, white middle-class Americans. It's like, I mean, all this stuff is tied up in like bigger debates about what Hollywood is and stuff that like, again, you're entirely right, by the way, if this had happened in the nineties, none of this would be a big deal. None of this. would. If If this was an average authorized American appropriation of, of an associate, sorry. Um, uh, go uh, on. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing what Darren does yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with his puns, <laughs> taking it too far. <laughs> uh, never take it far enough. 
but again this this gets back to the whole thing again like all of this stuff is stuff that like was par for the course in terms of Hollywood in the 90s. Like, again, the fact is Farley did that exposing himself to Cameron Diaz in the 90s, and nobody batted an eye. In fact, like, the... the expo- well, maybe Cameron Diaz did. I Like, again, I don't know. I, I feel like there's a sense that, like other actors, it was seen as something that you had to tolerate and put up with at the time. Yeah, I mean, she 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 was playing the, uh, the perfect cool girl yeah. in the movie. So um, those sort of expectations upon it. But again, like there is that sense of like, if you were, and again, you've, you've had female actors. Going back talk, to Gillian Flynn. And, <laughs> and that uh, monologue from Gone Girl. But like, you've had that discussion of like what people had to put up with in the past and, and how sort of we're becoming more aware and more cognizant of that. Like, I mean, again, Bertolucci passed away uh, earlier this year and there's this big discussion about his legacy where it's like Last Tango in Paris, which is regarded as one of the great arts movies ever made but which basically hinged on what was a sexual assault of Marlon Brando by his, his oh, sorry, by Marlon Brando upon his, po- his co-star, the use of butter as a lubricant, which was not discussed with her before the scene was filmed, which was, uh, you know, a gross violation of trust, but seen as like art house, seen as like, uh, you know, sort of like, this is how you make art. You know, it's, it's other people suffering on film, that sort of stuff. But this even like an inappropriate time to do a Marlon Brando impersonation. Probably. 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 Um, but yeah, it, it's that sort of aspect of all of this stuff. Nobody really would have batted an eyelid about it 10, 15 years ago. Now, and I think perhaps fairly. It's a conversation. Yeah, that's it exactly. And I think it's a conversation uh, worth having. And it's... Pe- um, some some people get upset that it's so much a part of the conversation, but when you consider how little of the of 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 this kind of discussion was part of the conversation previously, maybe it's a it's 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 a case that some people kind of need need to need to adjust to a to a to a kind of a a I guess rebalancing you could say of um per perspectives heretofore not heard. That's it exactly. And I mean, it, it is a conversation that needs to take place. And I think the issue with Green Book and why Green Book is not a conversation that needs to take place uh, based on how long it didn't. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, but uh, but I think it's uh, perhaps a conversation that ought to take place. It Yeah, that's it exactly. It, it's something that I, I personally would feel like it's a good thing that we're having it now. And I think that this is the this is why Green Book is so uh, the success of Green Book is so shocking to people. A lot of because... people... Sorry. No, go ahead. A lot of people will say, why can't I just enjoy this movie? Yeah, that's it exactly. Um, you can. Yeah, you can. And I mean, that that's the thing. We're By gonna... the way, I did. Yeah. And... And, 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 and I'm now aware of at least four points uh, <laughs> um, of controversy that I wasn't aware of uh, uh, while watching the movie. Yeah. I still enjoyed the movie. We were supposed to have people come on to, to slam the movie. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, was not what we were looking for where it's more like we wanted people who actually had a perspective that was beyond our own in terms of discussing it oh I, I i'm i'm not saying we wanted to have people on to slam the movie <laughs> i'm saying we were supposed to have um but yeah so um we did we did try to get guests on and stuff like that so it wasn't just myself and andrew talking about race in america but that's what the people want clearly our uh, most popular episode Darren. <laughs> is the two i mean of us- we won't reveal <laughs> obviously what it was because the numbers are very very proprietary yeah 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 Uh, we're like netflix we we need to keep those to ourselves so that we can um kind of convince advertisers that this uh podcast is worth something it's a viable yeah uh, yeah that sort of thing it's like yeah maybe it's a lot (laughs) maybe it's a lot it could be a lot (laughs) yeah um 
But again, again, this is this is the thing though. This is why it surprised so many people when it did as well as it did in award season. Because a lot of people were like, any one of those controversies would be enough to get it disqualified or to have people think twice about putting the name down. Um, and I mean, like this is this is the thing where it's it's. Do generate- people think that it's churlish? What do you mean, churlish? The case for kind of discrediting this movie as um as great and an Oscar contender is 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 there a sense in which the the people around the, the academy maybe don't take these things seriously because they're just like, come on, I mean, look at the movie. Yeah, have you watched it's, the movie? It's, yeah, it's it's it's, um, it's it'll it's, make you laugh, it'll make you cry. Yeah, yeah, this uh, uh, this this is all that stuff. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, again, like this yeah. is old Hollywood. We talked about like the narrative of old Hollywood versus new Hollywood, which is almost every Oscars now. Yeah. This is an old style Hollywood film. Like I, I joked, and I say this as somebody who doesn't hate the film. To be clear, this I joke that this is the best study of race relations produced in 1993, which feels like an accurate summary of what the film is. But I mean, this is the thing where there has been. You're right about the churlishness. You're right about the discussion of the churlishness. There's been a certain backlash to the backlash, almost. Yeah. Uh, like Sasha Stone, at for example, like, were were people looking for 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 reasons to to hate this movie? They they the the, the backlash to the backlash people um, <laughs> could um, could uh, could presumably um, ask that question. I mean, like, um, we, who's opposed are... to the to the backlash to the backlash? Is it is it is it is it the DUP? <laughs> backlash means backlash, Andrew. Um, but there is this this thing where, um, but there is this thing, and again, Sasha Stone at Deadline Hollywood is one of the like backlash to the backlash people, where she's got this big rant about how What's her plan B. Her, <laughs> her plan B is to go and release the movie again and see if it can win Best Picture. Um, but no, her her argument is again, she's talking about like and she uses all those horrible phrases like Bring S- this movie back SJWs to and, and like was it uh social justice utopia or something like woke topia I think is the, right. the euphemism that she uses, which is I'm, again those buzzwords are things that make you immediately defensive about this thing. Her I, argument is that yeah. like can white people not make movies about race anymore and it's like you can't really like you can't say what about the white people making movies in an oscar season where bradley cooper has been dominating for like a star is born up until the last minute well he had he stumbled at the last he felt the last hurdle but he was the favorite going in because he was white (laughs) clearly that's the reason not not because he was white man can't jump over hurdles (laughs) yeah that's it clearly um not because he was bradley cooper um Bradley Cooper, yeah, we talked about this in A Star is Born. Bradley Cooper isn't a person who requires, he's an acquired taste, let's just say it that way. Right. Uh, but I mean, in terms of stuff like Adam McKay's vice. He's is, a serious raccoon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a rocket star, if you will. But I mean, like, Adam McKay is in the best picture race and the best director race for right. doing vice, for example. Like, last year you had, a, was it uh, Darkest Hour? Like, the white guys are not suffering in terms of representation we will of the Oscars. Never. <laughs> <laughs> we will never surrender. Um, we will fight them on the beaches. On the beaches. I do like Theresa May's position that we will fight ourselves on the beaches. Uh, but I do like this. Is oh, the... <laughs> yeah, scorching <laughs> political commentary from Darren Mooney. Satire, folks. Yeah, this is what we're here for. But I mean, there is that backlash. The backlash, and they've talked about how. Again, and this is people who cover this race, that cover the Oscar race. We'll talk about how they will get anonymous. <laughs> Yeah, the the race and the Oscar race. We'll talk about how they get anonymous DMs from people who are uh, not connected, innocent observers, just I get asking anonymous questions. DMs too. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
right? There's generally thirst traps there. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I don't know what those words what? mean. <laughs> um, Isn't a thirst trap for a woman? It's like a honey pump, but the other direction? Not when you're as sexy as me, Darren. Okay. Everybody's trying to thirst trap and honey trap you. Uh, exactly. Yeah. It's the land of thirst and honey, apparently. But uh, I mean, I wouldn't change things, but it's tough sometimes. <laughs> I, I know. Andrew was... You know more than any. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's an audio medium, so you can get across some of how sexy we are, but... Not all of it. No. Trust me. Um, it's, it's like God sculpted Andrew out of a slightly less attractive Andrew. And coming it's, from you, Darren, that, 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 that's, that's high praise indeed. That, but that, like to know <laughs> that oh, I think of you in those terms tangent <laughs> tangent upon tangent upon tangent but like the journalists who cover the Oscars race have talked about getting anonymous DMs that will include tips pointing to old interviews and stuff like that and again a lot of this is muckraking a lot of this is sort of like people taking advantage of the current climate in order to make an attack upon other sort of uh, actors or other sort of people like leaking stories and stuff like yeah. that it's, and it's, you can understand why somebody would be would, skeptical would, yeah wouldn't have accusations of trollishness because it's it it like i thought about it when we were doing homecoming that it, it, it was it was a spider-man movie but it was very diverse yeah and i suppose the, the immediate kind of reaction that people might have to that would be why does that matter this is um well i don't no, no from from certain kinds of people would be fantastic uh, diversity is good. This this um this Spider Man Homecoming uh movie like pe- people who feel that there have been uh, that there's been inadequate representation in movies and in comic books might say this um uh, uh but there was a backlash to that movie as well because be, be, because a lot of kind of comic book fans were like well if you're going to do that why couldn't we have some Miles Morales yeah um but the, 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 that kind of st- struck me as an example. Of of kind of when 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 a movie is doing a lot of good stuff, do people try to um, kind of rain on the parade? That's now, now, yeah, and 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 that can certainly be the the perception is that these people are trolls because they're taking something that people enjoy and trying to ruin it. Yeah, and I mean, and that that's understandable, like in terms of being defensive about it, because again. If this movie were released in 1993, right? We're talking about the year that Driving Miss Daisy won the Oscar over Do the Right Thing by Spike Lee. Like, people would have been like, this is a very progressive movie. This is a very... It's a movie that's very touching on the subject of race. It's saying a lot of important things, a lot of valid things, a lot of good things. And there is a sense of, of sort of that to it. Where is it's it 92 and Scent of, the wo- Scent of a Woman? With uh, Best, best with Actor Pacino, from Pacino, yeah. Uh, beat, beat Denzel Washington for uh, Malcolm X? It or was it later, was I it think. later or earlier? It would have been later, wouldn't it? Because I mean, do the right thing was Spike Lee's debut. I thought. Oh yeah, yeah. Actually, that, that no, that makes a lot of sense. I I I, I do recall um, Denzel Washington. I think it was on uh, Kermode Mayo or Sister Podcast <laughs> um, um, that uh, he he was saying um, he was saying like I'm not uh, um, that um, Al Pacino had been kind of nominated so many times it was a bad time he 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 won and um like he 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 was maybe drawing a kind of like a false equivalence of oh people people talk now about kind of oscar so black it's like i'm sorry oscar so white 
is is it was was it is is it the case then that they didn't want to give it to an Italian? I mean, people were annoyed that it didn't go to me. But what about Al Pacino? He's a great actor. Um, he's 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 made like a load of great movies. Why can't he get a break? Yes, and and this is the thing though, right? Which is looking at Green Book. And again, I want to stress, I didn't hate Green Book. We're going to talk about the movie itself. I promise, very soon. Did but in terms in terms hate? of the, I didn't hate. No, I like it. You know, no, 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 no. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> but the thing is that, like, you look at that, right? And that's that's fine, right? But it's this is being nominated by the Academy as one of the finest examples of film, yeah. In twenty eighteen, it's being singled out, and you can make the case and for are like people upset about that. Yeah, well, you can. That's it. You can make the case. Are for, people upset that it's? That's it exactly. People are upset about that and Bohemian Rhapsody for obvious reasons. In terms of Bohemian Rhapsody, as we right. talked about, like the portrayal of Freddie Mercury's sexuality is like again, this is the Dewey Cox thing where it's like. We're just having gay sex, Freddie. You don't want any of that. Um, and it's like, that's that's what we think is representative in 2018. Well, yeah, I, I had big problems with uh, with Bohemian Rhapsody. And a lot of um, people who aren't... A lot of the people that I've heard from who had problems with that movie weren't simply virtue signaling. These were... There were aspects to that movie which were harmful and to them uh, uh, personally. And the kind of like narrative that it puts forward, and yeah. the way it 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 portrays these issues to a uh, mainstream audience. Um, audience is is isn't isn't perhaps helpful. I mean, um, like um, Ronan, who's been a guest on the podcast, he'd be he'd be sort of an expert in terms of uh, queer cinema. He writes a column, Queer Era, for example, which covers queer uh, Irish cinema, and he was talking about how like the success of Bohemian Rhapsody means that it is the most mainstream queer narrative in american popular culture right people like in terms of a gay romance this is the move the gay romance that most americans certainly and probably most people in the world will have seen at this point in time more more than by your name more than like um more more than brokeback mountain more than brokeback mountain yeah 800 million dollars worldwide this is like it's tickets are worth more these days (laughs) that's a fair point and (laughs) just for inflation since 2004 but yeah it was like the what the fifth biggest movie of last year right so it is it was a legitimate smash wow yeah fifth biggest yes yeah. uh, like we're like talking Black like Black Panther, Panther made Black... almost a million oh, it? Like almost a billion sorry sorry that's what I meant yes yeah, um, almost 900, a billion right and right this and made 800 odd. in between uh, in between almost a billion and 800 million there were what four or five four or five other movies do you want to go to the fact machine and check this no. actually no okay <laughs> yeah but let's <laughs> Yes, sorry. So we're, we're back from the fact machine. Um, so yeah, it was actually the seventh highest grossing film worldwide. Um, behind, are we going to count backwards? Are we going to count backwards from it? Okay, top ten. So at number ten... Oh, fa- no, no. Start at seven. Okay. So at number seven... <laughs> now it's we bo- have to start at number ten, don't we? Because <laughs> yeah. we've teased it. <laughs> at number ten, Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald. I have never seen you happier that we didn't have to cover a movie. At number nine, Deadpool 2, which we have covered. At number eight, Mission Impossible Fallout, which we have covered. At number seven, Bohemian Rhapsody, which we've covered. At number six, Venom. Which we did not cover. But maybe, maybe, maybe we will maybe. <laughs> <laughs> cover that as a favor to, to a to friend of, of the podcast. Yeah, a long-term yeah. friend of the podcast. One of our great guests. Um, at number five, Aquaman. Which we may also... <laughs> 
there's definitely like um, a pattern emerging. Yeah, if we can set up, uh, 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 we I think we've said to unnamed guests. Yes, it's Graham Day. Um, <laughs> if we can have a Patreon, like where they can literally pay us to watch these movies. I mean, I'm sure Darren has seen them twice. I have. <laughs> at, at number four, Incredibles two, which we've covered. Which we have. At number three, Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom. Yeah, which we probably won't have to cover under any circumstances. whatsoever. Uh, at number two, Black Panther. Which we did not cover, yes, but not yeah. because we didn't want to. <laughs> yeah. And at number one, Avengers Infinity War, which we did cover. Yes. So yeah, so like in terms of uh, like impact, Bohemian Rhapsody is probably the most accessible gay narrative or bisexual narrative, depending on how you cut it. Unless um, you think of any of those top six as, <laughs> as gay narratives. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so it's like that's that's the argument is that like this is the gay narrative that most people will have seen, and therefore you ask Jason Momoa. So Jason, <laughs> what do you think Aquaman was about for you? you. <laughs> it's like surprisingly, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's um, it's interesting in terms of that context. Like I mean, and I think that's a valid discussion to have. Like I. I don't begrudge Green Book existing. I don't think it's a bad film. I quite enjoy a certain portion of it. I think it has issues with it. But the issue is that I think it's more just the fact that this is being recognized as one of the best eight films of the year. And the fact that in doing so, that means ignoring the legitimate complaints of, say, Don Shirley, Doc Don Shirley, who is the like secondary lead in the character of his family, um, of like validating a director who has, you know, exposed himself to women, a writer who, if he hasn't consciously fabricated his father's story, he has at the very least sort of been openly Islamophobic, and an actor who has, you know, used the N-word in public without any thought of the consequences of that. And it's kind of like, it's... it. I think that's where the anger comes from, and I have difficulty saying that it's unjustified. I have difficulty saying that it's... Where does Spiegel from? Is he Danish? I believe... Or is he American? He's not American anyway. I think he may be... Uh, but, but, but we're going to go to the fact machine and check. Fact machine. And we're back for the fact machine. Yeah, Vigo Mortensen is Danish-American. Yep, yeah, so you're entirely right there. He was born in New York City. A lot of those kind of... Um, uh, <laughs> Oftentimes in those European Germanic cultures, they're, they're, um, no, why am I trying to excuse him? I, I was just thinking. Like, we're the, Irish. We're not Irish American. Yeah. We know that that word is not a I word was that thinking, you use. Is he, is he like this Danish guy who's just arrived? <laughs> um, Never heard yeah. the word before. It's yeah. like, I don't understand the cultural like context. In, of- I find like in Germany and, um, um, I guess in Denmark and places like that, it's totally normal for somebody to be like, hey, do you like black music? <laughs> like, pardon? <laughs> um, you know, black music. Um, I've had that encounter. Really? I was like, sorry. But <laughs> like, as opposed to yodeling and... Uh, polka, polka, lots polka. of polka. Um, but yeah, so so it is. It's like I so mean, it's not. It's not. It's uh, we're, even if you we're, were ruling trying. out that it's uh, cultural insensitivity due to um, yeah, due to a, a sheltered upbringing and sort of like a being divorced from the context of this. Yeah, something. he wasn't getting cultural learnings for the benefit <laughs> of, to make great Denmark. 
<laughs> no, no, he wasn't. Um, but yeah, so so I mean, like, I understand entirely like that level of anger and where that anger comes from and why people are so feel so angry about this sort of thing. Because I mean, you have like you've seen an explosion in terms of films that are being made by African-Americans about the African-American experience. Spike Lee got his first Oscar nomination for directing this year. Black Clansman. For Black Clansman. Yeah. That's his first nomination. And in fact, somebody pointed out there's a very high likelihood that the Academy Awards could go best director, Spike Lee, best film, Green Book, uh, which would be a very interesting split in terms of those sorts of, uh, those sorts of demographics. And this would sort of, it? It would be, I think. Because Spike Lee has been quite candid. Is everyone... Um, oh, yeah, no, I've heard him talk about Green Book. But is everybody singing off that uh, same hymn sheet? You don't think that anyone is going to say um, Spike Lee has won the, the Oscar for Best Director. Green Book has has, has won the Oscar for, for Best Film. By the way, we're breaking it here first. Yeah. Um, Mahershala Ali... <laughs> Has one best supporting actor and has a very good chance of doing that. Yeah, has a very good chance of. He would Truly, become, we've we've we've. I mean, sure, we've, we've voted for ra- Trump, but we've conquered racism, and we're going to yeah. talk about that later in the podcast as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing is that you have this weird sort of because you have these films that are being made by people about these experiences, and they're being overlooked in favor. And I think Mark Harris at like uh, he's a writer in Vulture, he's argued that like. The thing with Green Book is it's a, a red steak eater Oscar movie. It's a movie that appeals to kind of like... He's a villain in Spider-Man. <laughs> to Tony, Tony Curtis sort of... Uh, to Tony Curtis's sort of uh, Oscar voter. Like the joke about Tony Curtis's maid being the most consistent Oscar voter on record. But the idea that it appeals to that sort of old school Hollywood aesthetic of like, well, look, we're learning things about each other. It's got jokes in there there's a lesson at the end and there's a heartwarming moral about how far we've come and that's very meaningful you say this in your i don't know why voice that that you do it's like yeah this thing is great and i think it should be supported and uh but (laughs) there's a book coming and and it's like so you don't like this movie i like this movie fine all right let's talk let's talk about this let's do the three questions and jump in this board because i think we've written enough context go for it well, no, no, because, again, the reasons why I want to talk about the movie, we're going to have to talk about them with spoilers. So, Andrew, three questions. Uh-huh. Do you think this movie belongs on the list of the top 250 movies ever made? I think it's difficult, and I know this is a cop-out, yeah. but it is difficult to... I do um, this cop-out every week. Like, to, to, to kind of put perspective on a movie that you've just seen. Yeah. I don't have a problem with this being on the top 250. I think this um, kind of... All, it, it sort of looks at home in a way, on on, on, yes. on the 250. And I think it's better than some of the um, movies that it might be compared to. Say The Help, for example. Say The Help, or say um, Forrest Gump, which the, 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 the family of Bubba were, were very <laughs> unhappy with the way he was portrayed. Uh, he fired Forrest from the <laughs> shrimp company after a year and a half because it, he refused to wear the uniform. Yeah, exactly. Um, the, 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 the family had to settle out of court to get any money whatsoever out of Forrest Gump, who in the movie had severe... Uh, sorry. Um, what was I saying? <laughs> yeah, I, so it's hard I, I to think, get perspective. Yeah, but I, I, like, if those movies deserve to be on, on the list, I think this does. I think this is... And I think this is better in in, in it, like like I don't think it's perfect. There's 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 a lot of kind of um, production reasons why it's not, and 
I appreciate those uh, those perspectives. But I'm 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 a person who's just seen the movie and enjoyed it. I've laughed. I felt it was quite um, moving. Uh, moving in parts, yeah. And I I I I I thought it was a little bit corny, but I was I was thinking watching it. It may take a a a hard heart or or a certain amount of cynicism uh not to appreciate um this movie because i don't i think like there 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 are a lot of um what is that person at the at the la times uh say woke uh uh, oh, this is Sasha, uh, Sasha S- Stone's... Um, SJWs. Yes, Woketopia is how she describes it. She writes right. Deadline Hollywood. Yeah, there are a lot of those people to whom this movie would perhaps uh, not appeal. But a lot of a, a, a lot of the uh, message of this movie would be far too on the nose for them anyway. And yeah. uh, they, they, they kind of got, gotten beyond the, 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 the um, uh, perhaps simple or naive kind of uh, uh points that the that the mo- that the movie is trying to make but i think those are um those are those those are uh powerful messages and stories that need to be told i mean this this is the thing where like for despite everything that i've said to this point and i i genuinely like i agree 100% i think that like i don't have a huge problem with the movie itself i don't think it deserves to be nominated for the best picture oscar i think that nominating it for the best picture oscar sends a very strong message which is Probably not a good one in terms of like whose stories we think are important and how we tell these sorts well, of stories. I don't. But, uh, okay, I, I was going to get I, a butt, but go for it. No, I, I, I want your butt. And I want your lie. big butt. Yeah. But um, <laughs> and now it's my now butt. It's on the, on the... You got two butts for the price of one. Yeah. You're on the two fifty. Yeah. The sorry, two... Andrew. You were just butting in there. I was just butting in, uh, and I'm sorry. Um, we will get to your butt. Um. With some, with uh, with some, uh, with 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 <laughs> with some butter. Um, <laughs> sorry, butter. Betty, uh, Betty butter. Um, where where was I going with this? I think I just wanted to talk about butts. No, no, I did not. What I wanted to say was the the this thing about if this was if this is nominated, which it is, uh, and if this wins, which it may it says something about the stories we want to tell um in in hollywood i found that a lot of people were annoyed that ava duvernay wasn't uh nominated for uh uh selma it was ava duvernay yeah Yeah. and that a, a lot of reason why they were annoyed was that her not getting kind of uh, best director nomination. a best director nomination i think it was directed for it, it was nominated for best it film. was nominated for best picture yeah. yeah but her not her not kind of um sweeping and getting kind of a, a a best director also said a lot um the argument went um about the stories that 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 hollywood wants to tell and the stories that it wants to kind of um well the people who get to tell those stories and the people well. who get to tell those stories now i thought um the reason it didn't get uh, nominated was um, was, and and why I was surprised that it, it got a a, a best As picture it, was al- al- although I thought it was quite good, I didn't think it was that good. That 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 it, that it, that it uh, necessarily deserved to immediately be in the conversation of the uh, best director, best um, best film. But I'm not I'm not like a. Um, a as much of a film buff as you are 
but I certainly I, I, I certainly didn't think well that's that's the Oscar winner right there. and if it doesn't get nominated I I will um I will I will eat my shoes and um <laughs> and then, like uh, like Werner Herzog <laughs> but here's the thing though like again I I am less invested again despite the fact we spent the past 40 minutes talking about it less invested in the Oscar race than most people are and that I don't expect the Oscar be more like an hour I, yeah to validate my we own we will eventually talk about the movie yeah, to validate my own taste I understand that like the Oscars pick for best films won't match my pick for best films yeah it's more along the way that it's it's more along the lines that it's the Oscars are going to nominate certain kinds of movies and the types of movies yeah like Black Clansman yeah that they that they nominate and you know generally like tend to because I mean nominating giving the eighth slot to Green Book means not giving it to If Beale Street Could Talk for example or it means not giving it to to Blind Spotting for example or not giving it to you know any number Venom. of other <laughs> Venom yes very clearly deserving movie Venom yeah uh, that sort of it's, it, it, a, 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 I mean, a story of of of, of a black um, <laughs> uh, um, a symbiote from another planet. Okay, but to get back to your point there about Ava DuVernay's Darren direction... was holding of, his head there. <laughs> to get back to your point about Ava DuVernay's direction of Selma, and I think, like, I would kind of agree with that. I don't think Selma made my top 10 or top 20 or even top 30 of the year in question. Right, but the it should be... No, no, <laughs> Sorry, no the, yeah. the, the issue is more that, like, Green Book won't make my top 10, my top 20, my thir- top 30. It's more that, like, is Ava... Du- was Ava, Ava DuVernay's direction of Selma worse than Peter Farrelly's direction of this? I... I would have difficulty making that argument. Like, if the Oscars are going to nominate a movie about race in the 60s, it's like, is the argument, is, like, can you, would you quantify that as worse? I I thought it was stronger. I don't think it was particularly stronger, but it's like, if you're going to nominate one of the two, and I know they're not running in the same year, obviously. (laughs) I was going to make that point, but I feel like you're aware of it. I am aware of that point, but you you get what I'm saying, right? You get, like... It's the idea that, like, a black woman makes a movie about race that is very much in the Oscars wheelhouse. Yeah, like, how 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 good um, was... Because I know you've liked... You 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 quite like some of the movies you mentioned. Like, If, if, if Beale Street, Street Could, could talk, talk. yeah, Or uh, Widows. Yeah, loved Widows. Widows should be... Widows should be a Best Picture nominee. Yeah. Um, to be absolutely clear. Widows is amazing. Anyway, sorry. We'll talk about that later in the podcast when we get to recommendations. But I mean, like, this is the thing. The Oscars are always going to nominate movies that talk, that have a big, meaty social issue aspect to them. Because that's the movies that Oscar voters like. They like war movies, too? Yeah, as, as Hacksaw, Hacksaw Ridge demonstrated, for example. Darkest Hour demonstrated. Even Dunkirk They like anti-Semitic directors. <laughs> um, as Hacksaw Ridge demonstrated. Oh, and demonstrated. misogynist. Yeah, as Hacksaw Ridge demonstrated. Um, but yeah, like, that's the thing, is that it's more like it, the Oscars are going to nominate what the Oscars are going to nominate, but the kind of films they nominate within those brackets are revealing if that makes sense. And it's like, that's what I understand. But, like, and we, we, you distracted me from the but, so I'm going to get to the but, right? Get to your butt. Despite the fact that I don't think this movie belongs on the list, the top 250 movies ever made, and despite the fact I don't think it belongs Can on I the best picture. Can I just interrupt you for a second? <laughs> oh, sorry. The best picture list. I do think it has value because, like, and again, this is the thing where it's like, and, and people are entirely right to say stories about, you know, the, the issue with appropriating somebody else's narrative and movies made to make maybe white people feel good about, you know, racism and which treat racism as a past concern. And all those issues are valid and we'll talk about them in turn. But it's things that like, these are movies that people like, say, my grandmother would have watched or people who aren't going to watch If Beale Street Can Talk or Moonlight or Blind Spotting. Or any of the examples that we've talked about. People who are not going to watch those movies will watch movies like this. And they will get from these movies 
again, it's it is a very it's not broad... a movie that you bring up at a party to sound clever. Yeah, that's a, it's a movie that's intended for like a wide audience that you show. Like again, families will watch this movie and it'll give them the message. And yes, racism is bad is an incredibly simplistic message. But if you can get racism is bad across to people in 2018, 2019, maybe that's a good thing. Because I think yeah. about like I think for example about I don't think it's as foredrawn as a, of a conclusion as, as some people really would. Be. Yeah, as it, not, I mean not that some people think it should be as it should be but it's more that like i think again and i think of my grandmother in this respect right because my grandmother would have come up in ireland at a time that was very socially conservative she was born in the 30s um she would have lived through stuff like the, the magdalen laundries she would have like had that thing around like single mothers she would live through that period of shame and i mean like we talk about it as if it's ancient history it's not but that's yeah. socially conservative ireland right but the thing is she had a grandson who came out as gay about 20, 25 years ago, right? Right. And that would have been a big deal for a woman of her generation. And I know that it was. And over time, and it was through pop culture and it was through him and spending time with him, like she got to the point where she was incredibly proud of him, that she loved him. I don't want to say that she would have voted how she would have voted in the referendum. I don't know that. I like to think she would have voted with her heart in the right way, but she changed over a period of time through exposure to things like Green Book, things that were very simplistic and very basic, things that were like racism is bad, homophobia is bad. You should tolerate people who are different than you or outside of what your social expectations of them are. And I think that like that level of pop culture permeation, while not sophisticated and not nuanced, and certainly not worthy of receiving like gold statues for like well done. I think it has a place if that makes sense. And I would argue perhaps that there's a certain amount of sophistication to this movie. There is compared to the movies that you were citing and compared yeah. to stuff like Driving Miss Daisy, which is the most obvious antecedent for this movie. Yeah. In every respect, right down to being a best picture winner. But uh, we'll probably talk about that in the spoiler zone. Would it make your own two fifty, Andrew? Would it make my would it make, would it make your would it would it would it make the two fifty for you? No. First. Yes. Uh, would it make my own two fifty? I'd be quite happy to have it as a list of 250 movies where I can only watch those 250 movies. I wouldn't be mad at it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I would not make my own list either. And then finally, would you recommend that people watch it? Um, I I would. um, Because I enjoyed it. I, 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 I enjoyed this movie. I, I enjoyed the performances. I always love a bit of Viggo Mortensen. Even though he has a history of violence, he 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 has Eastern promise. And um and uh, he is lord of of the rings as far as you're concerned. Yeah, yeah, whatever that means. I don't know uh, <laughs> I don't know what Eastern promise meant. <laughs> yeah. Um uh the um so and He's and Captain th- Fantastic as far as you're concerned. Exactly. Uh nailed it. Um <laughs> And third the, go round people. yeah and the music in this movie is quite good i think i think this this movie is quite well um constructed it's very old-fashioned hollywood production which is i think why it appeals to the voters that it appeals to yeah it i has, think i i think there are aspects of this movie that 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 are quite uh corny there are elements to which to which uh to which that works and like it, it, it's 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 a very accessible movie i think unlike um maybe 
perhaps as as Darren was alluding to, maybe unlike some of the movies that we, that that we feel ought to have been um, nominated in its place, it 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 it's quite um, accessible and you could show to almost anyone. Yeah. But it's not the kind of movie that you're going to kind of um, kind of talk about at a at a at a party. You know, well, you're seeming to, sophisticated uh, uh, with, with a little impress, glass impress and your 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 wine and cheese party yeah. with 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 all your SJW friends. <laughs> Thank you, Andrew. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I would I recommend watching it. I would recommend watching a lot of the Oscar nominees before this. Um, but I, I think I can, like it's very much for a certain demographic of people. It's a, probably a good Sunday afternoon film, if that makes sense. It's like something that you'd watch with the relative on TV or something like that, make you feel good inside. And like there are debates about whether or not that, you know, how it simplifies issues in order to do that. But it, I think it has a place. I think it, you're right when you say it's a better uh, example of films like The Help or yeah. films like Driving Miss Daisy. It's almost—it's it, almost kind of a, a harmful comparison, but it, it's probably—it's probably not such a harmful comparison for 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 the kind of uh, for, for. What am I trying to say? Like, like I—I I almost feel like it—it—it it, it belittles it a little bit to say like it's well, it's like the help, except it's it's um it's it it's, it's a bit better. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I haven't seen the help. Um, I will have to at some point. I love the idea that we're going to watch The Help, which Darren has been complaining about for, at this point, two and a half January. years. Yeah, two and a half, yeah, based on the way this podcast works. Yeah. And Andrew will be like, actually, I love this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, but anyway, let's move on to talk about the film More Death in the Spoiler Zone. Spoiler Zone. <sighs> so, Andrew. Yes. What is Green Book about for you? It is about race in America. Um, it is about um, prejudice. It's about um, uh, courage. It's 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 about um, people uh, growing and coming coming together. I think as. Um, as a as as a community whatever whatever the true story was um i, I there there's there's something kind of there's something inspirational in in a couple of ways and, and yes it is kind of hackneyed but to to have this uh, kind of fish out of water story told from i guess two kind of perspectives because in the most obvious way it's 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 um it's Tony Lip. Um, it is Tony Lip. It is Tony yeah, Lip. Yeah, yeah. Um, Who fine, played Big Carmine on The Sopranos? The only actor to appear in The Godfather, in Donnie Brasco, and The Sopranos. All three of them. Who? Uh, Tony Lip. The real life Tony Lip. The, the real life Tony Lip? The car- yep. The played car- Carmine in The Sopranos? Yep. Mind blown. Seriously? Yep. Oh. Yeah. Sorry, you went very Vigo Mortensen. Hey. Oh. Oh. But yeah. I thought you were just busting my balls. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh. But yeah. Um, so yeah, that's uh, yeah. the real Tony Lip. So if this and is your... We can... <laughs> if we can do that. Because... We can do that. Because <laughs> <laughs> if Vigo Mortensen can do that. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. I, 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 I didn't realize I, 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 I'm, I'm aware of that, of, of that performance. Yeah. 
cool. But yeah, so that's that's a bit of context for you because again, he sort of he went to Hollywood. He sort of got himself involved in this. Um, became one of the actors sort of associated with the portrayal of the mob in American film uh, through the like from The Godfather, where he appeared, I think, as one of the bosses. But um, yeah, I suppose I want to say that um, he has that he has that fish out of water story when he comes in to um, the um, the. Uh, very tasteful <laughs> apartment and not 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 at all um kind of over not, <laughs> certainly not a gilded lily um uh, ab- above above carnegie hall um i love that it was above carnegie hall actually yeah which I is mean, true by the way that's that's an actual yeah. detail that was true yeah and the the um it made me think of of andrew carnegie i won't bore the listeners by going into it but andrew carnegie's life is uh fascinating um and um and he is the the 19th century 19th century and 19th century industrialist uh darren's teaching me to speak better uh come come 20th century philanthropist who helped helped to help to invent uh modern or contemporary uh, uh philanthropy as it's known i guess for for better or worse some people would say well i would say for better um, to take it away from that kind of uh, uh, puritanical um, uh, philanthropy and more into it being a business, yeah, um, and and kind of applying the same accounting, I guess, to that to you would for a that, yeah, uh, that you would for the Carnegie Foundation as you would for American Steel, yeah, yeah. So anyway, I um, that was a fun association for me, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, uh, um, they they tell that story um of of him coming in there and he's kind of out of place and um there's a kind of a snobbery towards him yeah and at the same time you're 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 telling this story because like when i when i said it was it was more sophisticated than 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 maybe examples of the genre exactly and 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 then we'd be maybe inclined to give it credit for the kind of things i'm talking about are um now, how the movie deals with this um, is, is is maybe another question. It's somewhat inevitable. But uh, yeah, places, but, but, uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, I, w- I, w- I, w- I, w- I would say that where like it can make for uncomfortable viewing, but but I, but I, but I think it's at least it, it's at least an interesting kind of um, twist. twist on on the most obvious thing you could do, yeah. which is which 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 is have a um a black character who meets all of uh those stereotypes and is part of that community and can't can't pass outside this is this is a different story it's about it's about uh an african-american who um uh, doesn't fit into either community in different ways which which i guess is an interesting aspect and we 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 talk about it. sometimes the movie can seem a bit kind of haphazard or um, cack-handed in the way that it it gets that across. We say I'm having fried chicken for the first time. Yes. Or like like I because you kind of you totally get what the what the movie it's is doing uh, is doing. And for somebody who loves fried chicken, it was it was it was it was in ways a a very enjoyable. Um, uh, scene for me because it's somebody getting to have fried chicken for the first time. I wish I could introduce <laughs> more, more people. people to that experience. 
Um, but on the other hand, it obviously on the has, other hand. has this whole kind of racial connotation to it. You have this whole discussion where Tony's like, you people love the fried chicken. I think there was a payoff uh, later on when they're in the South. And, and the estate serves up the fried the chicken. The estate serves up the fried chicken, which is a case of... Um, of, of um, of uh, generalizing and it's it's of it's it's offensive and I feel like um, uh, he, I, feel, is- I feel like his 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 probably kind of like if he were if he were to speak frankly he would say um, you know ordinarily I'd be I'd be upset by 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 this demonstration of of of, of your ingra- ignorance and your uh, assumptions. Uh, your prejudice assumptions about what I like, but actually I just I, discovered that I really like fried chicken. You guys so, just have me in luck. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that, that's the thing. This is the really awkward tonalness of the film, the sort of the tonal imbalance that exists, where, like, you get that thing where Tony's, like, showing him fried chicken for the first time. By the way, Don Shirley's family are like, he actually had fried chicken before he knew Tony the Lip. Right, it was fine. Yeah, um, just it, 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 uh, maybe 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 the uh, maybe beneath the layers of the movie is 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 um, what they're trying to get across is that in he he did enjoy fried chicken, but then he realized the 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 the, 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 the stereotype and decided I don't want to be um, the, the 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 kind of performer who 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 puts a, a whiskey on. <laughs> The, the the piano and and smokes a cigarette and while eating fried chicken while eating fried chicken. but th- this is the thing right so this is like where the film sort of feels by the awkward. way watch the movie if you've no idea what, <laughs> what we're, we're talking, talking about, about. yeah <laughs> <laughs> well we're assuming oh yeah we, we we should say like if you haven't seen the movie go away and watch the movie um because <laughs> yes, like, anything we say sounds a bit iffy yeah. um, we're mostly describing what happens in the movie this is the thing though it's because it's like that sequence right so you have have the bit where tony forces um surely to try the force the fried chicken which right. by the way and again this is the thing like it's a very good movie farley is a very good comedic director yeah um, and he understands humor and rhythm that sequence where tony is trying to get don to try the fried chicken is like genuinely hilarious even right down to the bit at the end where it's like what do we do with the bones tony and he throws it out the window and then tony takes a sip from his like his drink is his sort of uh his cup and throws that out the window and you get the reaction shot of surely like what the hell just happened also a 250 uh trope <laughs> lots of food waste Not, uh, yeah yeah they, um although i take it to an extreme with fried chicken i love it so much that i want to eat the bones <laughs> but um they have to reverse back and pick it up and that's a great laugh like it i is. mean we laughed today watching it when i saw it in the cinema the entire cinema laughed it's a really good joke it's really well set up and paid off the issue is the film struggles a bit when it comes to like paying off in terms of like tone or in terms of portraying this as an exploration of racism so you get that sequence later on where this the southern estate bring out the fried chicken right and it's this thing where they're generalizing about surely based on race right and the moment that should be the moment where tony goes actually wait now i understand why surely felt the way that he did about trying fried chicken and you get a reaction shot Right, the reaction shot isn't and he's Tony. Like, hey, yeah, they that's got it. fried chicken <laughs> for you. Look at that. Yeah. It's like, hey, hey, you like fried chicken now? Hey, yeah. you can thank me later. Yeah, and it's like the reaction shot. No, but I, I, I enjoyed that. Okay, and and I understood why. Like, it's a very dicey game uh, that that this movie is playing. But they're they're, they're kind of um, 
it makes sense in 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 terms of the movie. It would have like you could, like one of my problems with the movie is 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 that in parts it could be corny. Do you know what would have made it more corny if it had been like a close up on Viggo um, Mortensen's, Mortensen's face? And he's like, hey. That's racist. I don't know why. I don't know why he sounds like Rodney Sylvester Stallone. Okay. Little kid. Hey, is that Mola? And yeah, what? What'd you say, Sylvester Stallone? Is that Mola? Is that uh? uh that was an interesting part of the movie as well. It says, uh, "Who's the mola?" It's like a shock tooth. Yeah, it's like a shock tooth. Or it's a tooth or something. It's like, oh, I thought you were calling me a racial epithet. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but, yeah. but but like it's it's kind of clever in a way. But, um, and there is even a moment before that where you, where you, where you, where you, where you have. Darren wants to get to something. No, no go. Uh, where, 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 where you have is it um, Ali or Min or uh, what's 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 his name? The the um, the, the 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 kind of personal um, the manservant, is it? Manservant, yeah. To um, to Don. To yeah, Doc. Um, <laughs> yeah, that um, where where he says something um, uh, to Tony. And Tony's like, huh. <laughs> and he's like, "What? What is it? It's like, please, would you come this way? Or fill or, out the form? Please fill out the form. Because, 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 because he says it, I guess, fairly clearly, but with his accent. And 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 Tony is like, huh? What? And then and then he explains it to Tony in 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 a way in a way that somebody, um, like uh." Like oh, let me say it as clearly <laughs> as, as I can. Possible. Yeah, please fill in the form. Like the where 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 there's kind of like an inversion takes place. Yeah, you know. Well, this this is the thing. Like this is the thing when you talk about the inversion. The film is interesting in terms of like it's basically a movie in some way in some way shape or form about respectability politics. There's right. a huge part of it is about a surely taking the high road and being an exemplar and you know this whole thing that you talked about with his dignity yeah dignity it's that's how you win dignity always prevails that sort of thing or even the discussion about how it takes courage to change men's hearts that sort of thing and you have him lecturing tony and this is interesting because it's it's an inversion of respectability politics This is maybe stuff that spike lee might disagree with yeah that's exactly yeah yeah. this is exactly um if 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 anyone's seen black clansman (laughs) yeah um, but there is this sort of thing where, where like they they invert the traditional dynamic, which Sorry, is not Black Klansman. What am I saying? Do the right thing. No, no. Um, no. I was I was thinking of a movie that wasn't directed by Spike Lee. Okay, <laughs> oh, moving on <laughs> very quickly. But like you have this, you have the whole scene in the jail, like for example, where they're talking about it. But even little things like, um, as you point out, the inversion of the traditional racial dynamic, where the educated person in this odd couple is not the African-American. Like, yeah. Shirley doesn't need to be yes. cultured or sophisticated. Instead, this sort of, like, My Fair Lady or Pygmalion sort of quality yeah. is basically done in the style or trading places, if you will, going by uh, Kingsman. It's, it's not like it's, the blind side. Yeah, it's it's an inverse of that where he's yeah. culturing Tony. He's teaching Tony how to write good so he doesn't write things like, I'm eating a lot. A lot of hamburgers. So don't you worry about me not eating. 
um, and instead turning out poetry and stuff like that. It it's is a kind of like there, there, there is there is a beauty in 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 those moments, like the the conclusion to that where he uh, writes with, his which, own letter. Yeah, with, no, with, with, uh, yeah, but the, I yeah, I suppose that 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 is the conclusion. But even within it, um, kind of like within that scene, um, where where where. where <laughs> <laughs> the 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 whole the whole exchange there, because he he's like um, you know like a PS uh, you put it at the end and uh, and it's like uh, would would that's that's like a cowbell at the end of Shashkovsky's the seventh yeah and it's like yeah it makes it better right that's perfect Tony yeah <laughs> but I mean, and which which is lovely and you can see the the, the like Mahersha Ali's performance he's like this very kind of like sincere smile yeah. And you you start to grasp the 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 kind of growing um, oh, both of them uh, uh, relationship between them, and it, the I I think I think I think I, it would be difficult for me to be cynical about this movie. It is, and there's like there's there's a lot of stuff in there, and I mean this is the thing where you can get away with like this is what I said when I said this is the most racially sort of most thoughtful exploration of like race politics of 1993. Because this is much better than something like Drive Miss Daisy. That's your take I'm going to stick to it. I'm going to keep yeah, hammering and you're going to repeat it. Until it sticks. I'm going to try and turn this into a hashtag. But the thing is that, like, because you Quite have... Quite a long hashtag. Yeah, it is a very long hashtag. You do you, use Twitter, right? Yeah. But you have this sort of sequence where you have the two of them standing in the hotel lobby. And it's like, your diction needs work. That sort of thing. Or the, why you got to bust my balls? And he's like, because frankly, Mr. Bologna, you can do better. Um, that sort of thing, or the, the yeah. where it's like where he's he's playing dice outside with the other chauffeurs, most of whom are African American. Yeah, and he's like, so why why is it a big deal? Why are you coming after me for this? All the other guys were oh. doing it. Hey, and he's like, well, they didn't have a choice about being outside and inside. And there's this interesting sort of dynamic where you have this African American character like... culturing <laughs> an Italian American character, which is the reverse of what a movie like this would have done 10, 15 years ago. It's like. Dr. Shirley is going to Tony and saying, you may not have the chances in this society, but your children could be president of the United States. <laughs> hey! Oh, <laughs> yeah. never. Yeah. They, never, they never bring a bleep. <laughs> like me today. We're, we're bleeping out those things as well, right? <laughs> but th- this, is, this is the thing where it gets a bit dicey though i was going to say the the g word (laughs) yeah just Um, just just so we're clear what we what we're talking about but this is the thing where this is where it gets dicey because like following that idea to its logical conclusion you get the weird politics of the film where it seems to suggest that at least some of what tony experiences is equivalent to what what don shirley goes through i don't think so well, you have this whole back and forth. It's it certainly like the people watching a movie can confuse things people say in the movie for what the movie is saying. So like, um, oh, this guy, Tony, is a bit of a racist. I think this is a racist movie. He's saying that he's just like um, he's uh, he's more black than I'm uh, blacker than you are. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that must be what the movie is saying. <laughs> um, but it's not. Okay, well, because it happens repeatedly, and the film seems to like because the film's central but that thesis... is a, that is, that is a way to hold a person's hand to take them to 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 an issue to bring them on a journey, and like I'm I'm being uh, generous. Yeah, well, that's, that's with 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 the movie because I I think there is something art, more artful 
than 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 what you're suggesting going on here. Well, that's that's the thing is because like this isn't this isn't the start of the movie. Like the start of the movie is like Tony is so ridiculously racist that he throws away glasses that African Americans have drank from. Yeah, like that's the level that we're starting. No, it's not at the that. start of the movie, nor is it the end of the movie. There. But the so there, 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 this is a, a, a journey of growth. Yeah. And he thinks he understands things, but, but there, there, there are, there are further epiphanies on the way. But the, like, the, 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 no, go ahead. I was going to say, but like that point we're talking about, which is what I can't get upset at him because I'm not black. I'm blacker than you are. That's the emotional climax of the film. And that builds to a moment where surely the African-American character stands in the rain and literally yeah. shouts, I'm not black enough, I'm not white enough, I'm not mad enough, what am I? And the idea is that he needs Tony to reconnect him with his blackness, as literally happens when Tony, like when they have the confrontation at that final clubhouse um, in Alabama, where it's like uh, Burlington, sorry, it's like Birmingham, where it's like where they have the confrontation, and he's like, Tony, if you want me to play, I'll play. And Tony's like, no, we'll go to this bar, this dive bar, and you can play there. And there's a sense in that sequence that Shirley's reconnecting with an African-American identity that had been lost to him, but that he needed. No, he's playing classical music. But so, like, the, again, the movie is more sophisticated than okay. you give it credit for. Okay. I, 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 I understand what you're saying, because it's a kind of like white savior narrative. A so. little bit. It's 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 more nuanced than that. I, I but give I, it more I'm than that. I'm certain that somebody has has probably has, has at least name checked um, that, <laughs> that, that, that yeah. But I mean, like there is a sense that like because again, like repeatedly throughout the film, Shirley is shown as somebody who's uncomfortable around African Americans. Like that sequence in the motel with the Green Book, where I the guy's they're, playing they're, horseshoes, they're, and he's he's like, and it's you know, it's initially it's a friendly thing, and then when he gets standoffish, it's like, oh, don't I get your butler uniform clean? But it's initially a very well welcoming kids in the playgrounds were like would you like to come and play this with me yeah you stranger in this hotel who you know you're alienated you look like you're probably alone i need to play with somebody you'll do and he's like no 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 no. um and he sort of puts up that barrier and there's a sense he's kind of a dick in this movie oh he is kind of a dick in this yeah but there's a sense that he needs to let that down and that it's only through tony that he lets that down because Tony's the one who's like brings him to the bar and Tony's like this guy is only the greatest piano player who ever lived Darren uh, a person can have an influence on another person but it is that person themselves the person who is going to change who has to do it um, to, 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 to say like oh he's only doing these things because, be, 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 because, because Tony, it, Tony, Tony has made him Tony can't make him do anything isn't that what isn't that like his entire gas like, isn't tony's whole gift the greatest in the uh in the bronx i'm very good at making people do what they don't want to do yeah so lying to them is that what you do <laughs> no no yeah yeah so that, 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 i i i i i i i i i i i i i i i i i i i i i i i i issues that he has with himself he's a tremendously lonely person and and part of the reason that is is because he is not accepted by the white world another part of the reason why that is is because he's almost uttered himself from um uh uh, from the black world are being uttered by by kind of like um his his experiences so 
the question is not kind of is he going to reconnect with um with the black community the question is 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 he going to uh connect at all um and the movie answers that in 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 several different ways so they 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 the the final scene is him being being accepted into this um white family that's very kind of um like it's probably not true um or perhaps it was for a while um but um is perhaps misleading in certain ways when it comes to what the the truth of what actually happened there's also um um him, him playing at the the orange yeah, the orange yeah. Boss, and there's there are lots of there are lots of ways in which um in which that kind of transformation is told and the way that he he drives um tony back um uh for 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 christmas Christmas. yeah and and that is that is his his journey it's from being alone um to to having um a a sense of um, community or belonging or connection with people. By the way, just when you bring up the family dinner at the end of the end of the movie, I oh, found I myself, wanted to be at that family dinner. I find myself strangely touched by the story of Charlie and Johnny. Um, Charlie being the pawn shop owner who apparently got invited to Christmas dinner by Johnny. He's like, hey, I was just joking. Yeah, I kind of want to imagine an alternative green book in which Charlie and Johnny strike up an unlikely friendship uh, with one another that culminates in like Charlie's journey where he's feeling lonely on Christmas and he's like, no, I can go and be with my yeah, friends. And he's it, like, hey, I, I want to invite you over for Christmas, but you're Jewish. It's like, I'm not Jewish. Oh, well, come on over then. <laughs> I probably probably wouldn't be Green Book. Probably be like Little Black Book or something like that. But yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's interesting. Like I mean, it's uh, I kind of want to see that story as well. It's the like, Little Black Book where he keeps all the names the of the people. Yeah, it was like pawn sort of stuff that he has, presumably. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Andrew, you're asking me. I don't know. That's what I assume. That's where you keep dragging. You know, debts. I, I I haven't been a pawnbroker for very long. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm still learning the ropes, Darren. But yeah, I, like that. That's the thing about it. There's a I just, it is really, really awkward watching Tony unironically and with the film's blessing in many places school Don Shirley on how to be black. You have this whole thing, Aretha Franklin, Chubby Checkers, Lil Richard, Sam Cooke. Come on, Don. What are you doing, Darren? These are your people. Okay. What? Right. That sort of thing. You know, it's that sort of like... uh, You, You don't get to do that, Darren. You have to put on... (laughs) <laughs> the offensive Italian American uh, uh, voice, yeah. I do like the. Vigo you can't Morton. just do your normal thing when you're reading things off the phone and <laughs> off off your screen. How are we supposed to know that it's supposed to be Vigo Mortensen in this? Yeah, movie? how how does the listener know that Darren is reading something off his screen? Because he's talking like this and that. And, sorry, <laughs> but yeah, I you, have, you have this whole thing. I love like, your diction. <laughs> It needs some finessing. <laughs> um, but yeah, like you have this whole thing where it's like, it's it's Tony who teaches Don about like, you know, black music, about black food. It's like, and then they have like the weird thing that happens throughout where it's like, where when he has this conversation about fried chicken, you have Tony saying like, you know, if you were to say all, uh, all Italians like pizza and meatballs, I wouldn't get offended. Which is like one of those stocks sort of like, why are you being so sensitive about this? Clearly, like tone it down a bit. You're being overly sensitive. Yeah, about this that thing. is exactly what it is. 
Is that a problem with the movie, or is that a thing that the movie is trying to do? I don't think... I, that's the thing, is that I, I'm not entirely sure that, like, Tony's... I think a lot of people don't want to give this movie credit. Okay. Sorry, no, you... The, like, just because I say that doesn't mean that you have to... that you have to agree. Tell me why I'm wrong. Okay, because, again, Tony's journey doesn't necessarily involve that aspect of it. Like, Tony's journey is complete when he tells his family member not to use an openly racial epitaph to refer to Don. That's his, like, don't call him that. That's the end of Tony's journey as far as it goes. It's inviting oh, Don so, to dinner. It's yeah. It's not... It's, it, it, um, it's not recognising that things like stereotyping in terms of fried chicken are because, bad. Okay, sorry. Like... I, this this is going to get very contentious because I feel like saying that the the that thing that condescending people say to to people who just don't get it. You just don't get did it. Did you Darren. not watch the movie? I did watch the movie twice, yeah. but yeah, go for it. So the, 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 it's like he doesn't understand that he's been stereotyping him. The the big kind of moment of 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 conflict at the end. Is 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 when he's he's uh, trying to say that uh, that he's not black. So so it's it's is when Tony is, is to is, his to his relative. So at the table. No. With the guy. Oh no. Okay. So sorry. No, it's in um, in uh, Birmingham with the yeah. guy. With, okay. When 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 um uh after they've been arrested. Yes. Oh, when when they have the big shouting match in the rain. Yeah, yeah. He's so um, um, he's so offended that he ha- that he tells him to kind of pull over the car and get out. Yeah. I don't think I don't think Tony appreciates the kind of how um, upsetting the this um, his perspective uh, can be. To um to Don to Don yeah. until he sees it he's 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 it, because because he's talking just the way just the way he always does and it's like hey you're not black I'm more black than you uh, that was a kind of a a a breakthrough movie uh, sorry a breakthrough, breakthrough moment. moment or at least the movie is 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 trying to tell you that it is the kind of breakthrough moment it is. Is that um, those old kind of um, uh, tired kind of cliches that uh, that Tony is coming out with have have been um, have been countered? It's not just overt um, uh, uh, racism that 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 he's learned is wrong. It's something about the the uh, um, the experience of. Don Shirley is something that he now understands better than he did when he just thought of him as a category, as as a as 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 a black person. It's like, hey, you're a black person. I thought you like this thing. Hey, you're a black person. Hey, maybe you're not so black. Maybe I'm more black than you. And then and then and then, it's this it's this realization of the of the profound kind of um, loneliness and the source of it. That um, that Don has, and not only the difficulty of 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 of, of being um, uh, black in a um, society, especially down uh, south, that um, that discriminates against you, but not even having the satisfaction of 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 
of belonging to the community that white people really want to put you into and um and um you know i see i I don't see that journey completing for tony i see that like that because it's the big moment why not it's very clearly signposted in the movie okay well I, i don't see a moment where it's like uh where he's like so how do you feel about uh aretha franklin oh whatever or whatever or you know somebody at the table says you know maybe we can play some aretha franklin records and i was like don't do that it's like it's literally like use but a... he likes aretha franklin okay okay but you know what i mean something along those it's lines like hey throw out that fried chicken <laughs> just because he... i don't know actually we prepared that for for, 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 for you, you because we know we you know like kfc yeah, and you did. wrote in your letter that you really like it. it's like that's offensive <laughs> oh i love that he sounds like rodney dangerfield when you play him. but like the way that I like Tony That's the movie that you wanted. <laughs> Rodney Darren. Dangerfield as Tony. No, this is where 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 he says, you know, I've learned a lot on the on on the road. You know, it's not just overt racism. Cuz sometimes <laughs> we make stereotypes about these people. Like, for example, they're not all Muslims. So we shouldn't uh, like if we're trying to be sensitive saying assalamu alaikum, which I learned to say when I thought he was a Muslim because I was trying not to be overtly racist. Turns out I made a mistake on that also. Hey, those credits are coming up. Hey, I hope you enjoyed the movie. Oh, okay. the doorbell's ringing. Look who's coming to dinner. It's like that movie. With <laughs> <laughs> Guess who's coming to dinner, right? Guess who's coming to get dinner. But this <laughs> Guess Who, starring Aston Kutcher and Bernie Mac. So to be clear... <laughs> that's the movie you wanted no okay i didn't want that movie because that movie would be hard wasn't clear over. enough for you darren no well, this very obvious movie well where the emphasis where the emphasis is put on tony's transformation it's, uh, to, to, to like be clear con- in, interpretation is generative obviously i generated more uh meaning in in and and kind of nuance in some of those scenes than than, than i uh, did evidently and yes. you did or or it's not generative and it's 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 the the, the, it's the absolute the, and undebatable. Well, yeah, it, like the director is either is either smart a smart guy who's doing something in, intelligent and artful, or or he's uh, not. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, this is the thing; it's all open to interpretation. And I completely like your reading of it is perfectly valid. I don't agree with it, and the reason why I don't agree with it personally. And again, I'm not saying you're wrong or it's invalid or you're wrong to think that. And again, this is the thing that I hate about modern film discourse and in inverted commas. It's where everything is has to be objectively, verifiably. There's one way to think about it. I mean, you and I fall on opposite sides of the debate on, say, what was it, uh, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, which I quite like and I think is more nuanced than other people give it credit for, that sort of thing. Or you and I both fall on a different side of the debate of La La Land as compared to a lot of, say, the guests that we've had on talking I about I think this. if you listen to... Sorry, I, I guess we won't relitigate the yeah. Three Billboards, but if you listen to the maker of that movie talk about things, it's quite obvious that um, there was more nuance in that movie after it was um, shot and performed than there was in his head. So... Um, uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't give him a. a I suppose so a huge credit. amount of credit for accidental yeah. nuance. Um, but again, but again. So like again, it's it's all entirely subjective. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm saying I just don't necessarily see it myself. And the reason why I don't see it myself is because like Tony's big emotional character journey at the climax of the film is like the confrontation in Birmingham where they both both of their arcs come to a culmination to a certain extent where Shirley learns that like there is a limit to how 
polite and how tolerant he can be when dealing with this sort of racism because he would normally have played that concert except tony sort of taught him to stand up for himself and showed him that you know in some cases maybe it's justifiable to be angry and to be righteous and not to sort of like not to be quiet not to go back to your house and your hotel and take a dump and then come back and play the concert like he did earlier but instead to actually say no well the way you're treating me sorry hold on he did that in spite he did that in spite. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, Tony Tony's, Tony sort of taught him to stand up for himself to a certain extent and to basically say, look, I don't want to do this. I don't, like, like I'm through lots being of treated like crap. There were lots of different ways that could be played. Yeah. Because it, 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 the, 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 the culmination of that tour could have been him playing the Birmingham gig, uh, yeah. gig um, in spite of... The way that he was treated by the... Uh, by the manager. way is Darren's trying to take my pen. <laughs> very um, contentious 250 episode. Very contentious. Um, ne- next week, we're, sorry. Um, so is there anything, Darren, that you wanted more that you wanted to talk about? <laughs> um, um, but no, just just one, like, because that's, that's the culmination of his journey. The culmination of Tony's journey. We're far in, from finished. In that, in that moment is the bit where he, you know, where the the guy who runs the establishment takes out the wad of cash and says to him, how much is it going to take to fix this? Because Tony to this point has been portrayed as somebody who is relatively mercenary. The big argument that they have after he finds um, Shirley kind of cruising or after he's been arrested for cruising at the local spa is that like Shirley points out he's Tony's not motivated by any sense of dignity or any sense of pride or any sense of like friendship. He's motivated by money. And that sort of discussion seeps through to Tony when he turns down the offer from the kind of (laughs) stereotypical Italian American gangsters in Memphis. But it also plays out sort of in that bit of the climax where the guy working at the club takes out money and he's like, how much will it take to fix this? And, you know, Tony says, you know, you think you can buy me? And, and the guy responds with, all due respect, you wouldn't be in a job like this if you couldn't be bought. And Tony decides in that moment that he can't be bought, that he actually is friends with Shirley, that he does have principles that he will stick to ahead of money. That's the culmination of his journey as a character in that moment in Birmingham, much like Shirley's journey consists of him learning that he doesn't have to stand there and take it all the time, that he doesn't have to be glad to eat in this little you're room. you being quite reductive. Okay. Yeah, as as in, it doesn't have to be one thing or the other. I think I think you're right that that's happening in the movie, but I don't think it's it's so um, uh, central and all in, encompassing that you could call it a culmination. Um, that that he learns not to be mercenary, <laughs> and he also learns that overt racism is bad. Right. And like, so, you know, you shouldn't throw away glasses after people of, of, of color have drank from them, that sort of stuff. And, and that you shouldn't use racial slurs at dinner. Yeah, that's wife. Yeah. There, 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 is a lot, there, there is a lot of journey going on in this road movie. Appropriately of it being yeah. a road movie. Which, which, um, which I kind of enjoyed. But yeah, okay, fine. We'll, we'll sort of, we'll, we'll wrap up then, I think. Just in terms of... Well, of we other don't st- have to wrap up. Um, other stuff that I really liked... Um, I quite like the cast. Like, Ali is fantastic here. Mortensen is a little bit cartoonish at times, I think. There's a moment, and Probably again, a bit, yeah. it's hard but, to tell how much but, of that is the script or the direction. But I really enjoyed it, and I thought he was good. Like, the the um, there's something, like, I have, I have no problem, I have no problem accepting 
that 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 the real uh, Tony Lip might 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 have been a little bit of a uh, a big life character, uh, uh, cartoonish character himself. Yeah. So I I I don't think I um uh would 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 take any umbrage in 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 that performance. Um, and I kind of and again the entire thing also has that sort of very broad cartoonish vibe there's the early moment where he goes to meet the mobsters in the restaurant the little looking Mr. cranny mr escudo because yeah. he's the guy who gets you money yeah. <laughs> we've all been to portugal <laughs> but it's like uh three euro <laughs> it's like uh you know you can make yourself a, a couple extra bucks buy something nice for that pretty little wife of yours uh what what i got to do things yeah <laughs> i love that that, that, like this is a this this is quite a funny movie. It is, people no, will fun- sort of look at it and think like, oh, Farley's doing quite a serious movie. It is quite a serious movie in a lot of ways because you've uh, got uh, people being um, uh, be- racism, beaten up for being black. Yeah, you've got beaten up for being gay, beaten up for being gay and black. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, like again like you're dealing the, with race America you have sundown towns some, for example that sort of, of stuff exactly some serious stuff that it's difficult to be to be glib about I mean I manage it somehow <laughs> but the, the um, but it's also very funny yeah um, and I guess if we're going to talk about um, performances I don't know how kind of um, I don't I don't know how to I think she was very good but it's I, I it's maybe an in 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 intang- intangible thing that it's difficult for me to um, measure for 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 me to measure. But I really like Linda Cardellini. Oh, she's great. She, um, she's great I, in general. I I I I think she I think she's fantastic. She has uh, she has an unfortunate tendency, in particularly in recent years, to get sort of stuck in the wife and girlfriend roles. I'm thinking of, say, for example, Daddy's Home, where she plays I think it's Mark Wahlberg's wife. Yeah, uh, but also even things like uh, what is it? It's it's the founder last year where she was the second wife of Michael Keaton's character. That sort of role as well. Uh, and but she's very she good here. Had a had a turn in Mad Men. Yeah, um, ob- obviously the, the well. big um, the big one for a lot of people would be Freaks and Geeks and Scooby Doo. She was Velma and Scooby Doo as well. Of course. Okay, sorry. How could we miss that? Uh, but yeah, in the Freddie Prince Jr. version. Right. Yeah. Oh, fine. Yeah. All right. All right. Sorry. No, I, I, I accept that that's the case. But uh, yeah, I, I, I believe Sarah Jessica Parker was also in it. Uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. Sarah Michelle Gellar. Sarah, three names, but yeah. Uh, TLA. <laughs> Thank you, Andrew. Three-letter acronym. But it, um, it, it has basically. Um, but yeah, uh, Carlini is fantastic in general. I do feel like her character gets a bit of a short end of the shrift. In that her primary role is like again stuck in that wife and girlfriend role where she gets she's also a, lot of- a significantly younger wife. But from photos, <laughs> I think that uh, of 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 the real two people, it's not just like a Hollywood. Homer Simpson, Marge Simpson kind of uh, Barney Rubble, <laughs> Betty Rubble sort of thing. It's it's it's, it's an a, actual representation of like the kind difference of, between the two. Like, big burly guy with very attractive wife. But I mean. Um, um, yeah, she gets lines like um, her primary, like her primary role in the movie seems to be to be surprised by things. When like when he reveals, um, so he's he's like a doctor playing the piano, and she's like, "You can be a doctor of that." And the bit where he's like, "Oh, it was cute. Come on." The bit where he's like, "The green... you're bringing this up because you had a problem with it." No, I, I actually quite like the fact oh, that good, it's a recurring good. bit. The bit where he's like, where she's like, uh, "It's a green book. It's for like African Americans traveling in the deep south." It's like, 
they got a book for that. Um, it's great. I kind of, uh, I kind of admire the sort of the commitment. Like, oh, commitment. they. <laughs> yeah. But I do, I do. I couldn't like... believe they got a book for that. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Darren is finally doing the 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 deep Italian American impersonation, but only for <laughs> Linda Cardellini's life. For lines. some reason, yeah. I have no idea why. Um, uh, but yeah, that that sort of thing. I actually really quite like those bits as well. And I mean. The, Cardellini's very good at doing that sort of like supporting role in that you get a sense that there's a bit more going on with her than the, the script would yeah. normally suggest. There are always those seem kind of um like it, it yeah, there they're always those there always those seem layers to it. I wonder if like if she's one of these people who develops a whole kind of like story about who this person is. How she is. met Tony yeah. and where they came from and what she's thinking at at any given time. Um, little bits like the the line about uh, I mean anybody can play Mozart or Joe Pan or whatever. Joe Pan. <laughs> yeah. That's great. I love I love that. Do you know what I enjoyed a lot? Competitive eating. Yes. And his journey to America. <laughs> which is <laughs> like, like a culinary map. Yeah, he's like folding up a pizza. And, he invents in, the in... calzone at one point. <laughs> like, um like there's a whole bunch of that stuff. Like and again, this is the ones where I thought like this is a movie. That for better or worse is tailor made for the 250 the podcast as much as the thing because it opens with inappropriate smoking inappropriate the opening smoking. sequences of the film involve like those cigarette girls who i think you've talked about nostalgically in the past who wander around with little trays well, no, of I, cigarettes. I, I, I went to a a an industry event event for um for alcohol called um imbibe which was in london um if anyone is um, listening to the podcast and maybe has say a part-time job in a bar hotel restaurant in 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 london say you're in college at the time maybe um and see um a poster for imbibe just go it's great <laughs> it's, it's, it's attractive it's, women it's hang a, cigarettes. yeah it's just a convention center full of booze and they had, and, and for for people who smoke it's a very strange thing to have somebody talk to you positively about cigarettes and it's like it's a beautiful smoke uh, but yeah, <laughs> and and like what you mean it, you mean it's not the worst thing ever um, uh, it is the worst thing ever to be, to be clear uh, again, for like, her for, for any book, of our kids listening don't smoke cigarettes green book I love give them how, to your parents i love <laughs> right. how committed green book is to that smoking thing because you have again after the he competitive eating so yeah it's like when he's after he's eaten 26 hot dogs he comes home with a cigarette in his mouth when he's in prison he's built a little sort of stonehenge of cigarette butts that he puts down with the butt facing downwards so they continue to burn which seems to me like cigarette waste really right you don't smoke the i don't butt smoke down. so i don't know no, no but one doesn't smoke the butt okay cool all right that's one butt that you don't like andrew I mean, I, it, I can under, I can appreciate your confusion, Darren, because we went to school with people who who would smoke the butt. Essentially, at at the end at the end of a cigarette, it's the filter, is, isn't it? Yeah, so it's a small uh, piece of porous cotton that people would smoke because they feel like they'd be they'd be getting gypped if they didn't smoke that. <laughs> Cost effective smoke. Yeah, it's like I'm I'm a teenager. I had to rob my mother's purse <laughs> in order in order to pack the in order to get this pack of cigarettes. There is no way I'm not burning my mouth by smoking this uh, <laughs> all the way to the end. Piece of porous cotton. I also love that when Tony is uh, meeting the trio for the first time. So no, he, he, people don't generally smoke the butts. He wanders over and despite the fact he has a pack of cigarettes in his hand, he's like bum a smoke. 
because uh, it looks like the guy has nicer cigarettes in his fancy case. There's the bit where he's right. driving. Like, I, I was in uh, Bul- uh, Bulgaria uh, last summer, um, and obviously they 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 don't have kind of like standard packaging. Um, so like, none as, of the scary as, as sort they of do like in, in, of in, like... in this country. Not only that, but they have these like kind of luxurious boxes of cigarettes where where you kind of like slide it open and all of the all of the um uh, uh cigarettes, cigarettes are, are are like different kind of like pleasant colors it's it's like those cigarettes from the handmade like, <laughs> they, they, they've been like painted by it's about to say, it reminds me of like alco pops it's like cigarettes as alco pops is how you're describing it no, Bright these, these were very um these very were nice. sophisticated pastels uh, kind oh, of like okay. with with golden little filters and they cost the same as a normal packet of cigarettes and even even like tony's tony's sort of what is it uh ind- indignance when he's in the car uh, with Shirley, and Shirley's like, "Would you mind not smoking? You know, I'm I'm breathing as much of it as you are." Oh like, yeah, yeah. Smoke's he's going saying, in my lungs. Smoke's going in my lungs. I'm I'm doing all the work here. Like, uh, how is it affecting you? <laughs> um, <laughs> studies studies haven't shown any negative side effects of passive smoking. It's like, read this. <laughs> yeah, please, please read this pamphlet. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's a lot of. He's but... writing home to his wife. It's like. Do you know that secondhand smoking is one of, one of the leading causes of lung yeah. cancer? I've learned lots of things on this trip, not just about overt racism, but he seems sad, and also smoking is wrong. And planes, which are like big fields. Um, and, but like, actually, it's worth noting this uh, Ali in this because we haven't. Well, it's a comedy, by the way. Yeah. Like, like, like that's the kind of thing that makes some of this. Some of this, um, uh, some of these like very basic realizations that 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 Tony has, you can kind of think, oh come on, oh, this is like, but they, 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 those kind of things um, seem very out of place in 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 this kind of uh, big issue movie. Um, Except but wouldn't the comedy. yeah, but wouldn't seem so out of place in in a Farley Brothers comedy. Well, that's yeah. it. Well, Far- Farley's talked about this. Like Farley's like taken exception to some of the criticism of the film for like not handling it with all the sophistication and nuance. Where he's pointed out it's that like, like it's a Farley movie. Yes, that's it exactly. Uh, where he's like, no, 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 it's a comedy. We want to keep it light. For example, the the there are some things that in there that are kind of questionable, and I won't drag us back too long into this. But things you like kind for of example, you like. The, the weird, like, the, the contrast that exists between the police stop in the south and the police stop in the north, which is very strange because it, like, you have the police stop in the south where they're outside of Sundance Town and, you know, they get out in the car, Tony punches the police officer and they both end up in prison. And yeah. it's an example of how bad things were in 1962 in the south, right? And then later on in the movie, you have, like, a counterpoint when they get up north, when they hit I Pennsylvania. Know, I th- feel like I think I know what you're, yeah. what, 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 what you're getting at. Which is where they're stopped by a police officer, and it's shot in a way that invites the audience to think, oh, no, not again. Because yeah. you have the police officer leaning in. They're almost in, safe. And- yeah, you're oh, almost. But now safe. one of them is going to die, or or some or something bad is going to happen. He flashes the torch in the back of the car on Shirley in the same way that the police officer did in the stop back in Alabama, and it's like, yeah, it it and then it turns out, oh no, it's just your your wheel is is bust. I'll help you fix that, and you'll be on your way. Do you, do you, and do, you, it, do you know what the other thing about that scene is? Is is that it's Christmas, and he says Happy Christmas. There's something, yeah, corny, but kind of for for. For for people who celebrate Christmas and for people who occasionally get 
the kind of fabled magic of Christmas or it's it's it, it's it's sometime power to bring families together um, in an ideal world, I guess. But um, you're talking to somebody whose family dinner is like the family dinner at the end of this movie. 13 people shouting at each other very loudly. Yeah, so I'm um, so a very big fan of Christmas as bringing people together. I think there was a sense in that moment of kind of like a hopefulness that the that the movie that the movie was trying to get across. I don't think it was that like what are all races? We've crossed the Mason Dixon uh, line. Therefore, back, back in the south, uh, yeah. Thank thank God we're in um, uh, on the eastern uh, seaboard where racism yeah. is just occasional naughty words from people who don't know better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, um, and I, mean, I, I, I don't I, think it's consciously that either. To be clear, I'm not suggesting because Crowley's because consciously there, arguing that I think it just because there are things in the movie that would kind of argue against that, like the, the um, Doctor Sher- uh, Doc's point uh, when when when, when he's uh, getting beaten up in the bar and he says like, would yeah, it be that different if I came to a bar in yeah, New York? Yeah, I don't think geography is that important. Yeah. And 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 then uh, Tony saying, hey, I didn't, I, I didn't, uh, I didn't make up these rules. And he's like, well, who did? And mm. uh, um, so yeah, it's um, I th- I I th- I think um, like no, I I understand that. It just it seems like it's a very strange note to hit because they're mirrored so precisely with one another those two sequences right down to the shot of the flashlight in the back on shirley yeah and i know i get that it's like it's, it's maybe it's not a thematic thing the movie's trying to do i it's think more it's more attention about tension thing. that's yeah. it exactly but the issue is that it it feels like a thematic point that it's making because they mirror one another so closely and i i, I think i think it i think it is a i think it is a thematic point in a way but not in a problem not in a way that 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 bothered me because I I I think there there's there's a kind of a sense in which there there are the better angels of our nature. Yeah. Um, there there are terrible things in this world that it requires kind of courage to stand up against, and there 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 are these um uh, uh, uh prejudices and hatefulnesses, um but there's also um kind of um. There's also kind of great beauty and warmth and 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 uh, I guess friendliness and well uh, well, well yeah well intentioned police officers who 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 aren't who aren't stopping a car to beat up a black person <laughs> or um, stopping it because they want to help because they're exactly, protecting and serving yeah. in theory which is what the role of what police officers should be yeah so it, 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 that was kind of the 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 um. Uh, the introduction of of that seemed to kind of mirror uh, the 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 deep the other one kind of a, a, a added I think a a kind of a um, balance to not that it needed to be balanced because I think a perfectly intelligent person could watch the movie and 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 not Understand come away that not every police officer yeah, ex- is, is horrible so. exactly but I think I think in a um, in the sense of kind of uh, uh, thematic structure of the movie i thought it worked quite well okay i i i found it a little glib if looked at in that light if only because again there's a weird sense that like well we're out of the south now well that was kind of like because that's you, the moment do you know where... do you know what happens when you drive from the south up to north 
you 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 eventually um get into the north that's the way it works geographically yeah they weren't driving to new york and suddenly <laughs> discover how racist florida is <laughs> thank you andrew yeah they're l- l- like it's like but why did they choose to have it in Philadelphia? Uh, but yeah, okay. <laughs> because but... <laughs> it's to the north. <laughs> We're going south. Oh, you mean Atlantic City? No, the deep south. <laughs> um, by the way, worth worth noting. By the way, Ali, um, who is I, I think Ali is the, the standout uh, actor here in terms of performance. Yeah, we're 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 kind of used to uh, Viggo Mortensen doing um, like giving a lot into his performances and sometimes it, it being kind physical of, transformation uh, and stuff like that yeah. as well he's he's very like again he's he's it's not a, it's not really the method and i know people get upset when you call it the method but it's the it's what people associate with the method where like you know that for this movie and acting. you'll, you'll, you'll yeah, acting dear boy but you'll appreciate this andrew actually as somebody who doesn't like food waste you know that when they shot the um the the eating scenes the competitive eating scenes yeah the original, the way that you would normally shoot those scenes is you would put the hot I'm dog aware, in your mouth, I hate chew, this. and you cut, and then you spit out the bit into a bucket. Viggo Gordon Morton's- Ramsay that we mentioned earlier <laughs> still does this. Really? Every fucking food show that he's on, and he's in, he's on so many. Like he, he, he's always like, I don't want to be a big fat bastard. I, uh, like, um, eat, 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 eating all of this, um, eating all of this food. It's like. Just exercise more than, <laughs> or maybe order less. Many, yeah, maybe don't film as many episodes. Yeah, um, like just eat the like. Don't eat this like terrible pizza and then say that is disgusting and then send it send it back. Like finish it. <laughs> Get a good sense of how disgusting it is. There are people starving in the world, Gordon. <laughs> um, but yeah, you'll appreciate this then, right? Good, good, good. So I've got good news. That's not how they film the sequences here because Viggo Mortensen found that disgusting. Yeah, he found it disgusting that he would be asked to bite into a hot dog and spit it out into a bucket. He actually, fi- he actually, he ate does it once in the movie where he take. eats a cheese sandwich. Yeah, and then spits it out into a thing. But, but what ate- what you're telling me is that after the the camera the, stopped, uh, he opened up the yeah, napkin and he and opened up the napkin. No, no, that's uh, he ate 15 hot dogs. Very good. Yeah, and apparently he talks about how he went to the uh, Valonia family dinner. Um, where they invited the family invited him out to dinner um so nick and tony's actual family yeah and apparently he was talking about how he ate so much that not only did he have to unbutton his uh, sorry unbuckle his belt in order to properly digest he had to pretend to leave get in the car drive literally around the corner and nap before he could like continue going <laughs> i like how committed mortensen is to avoiding food waste yeah no, I gotta appreciate that. He's now my favorite actor, and I think he, he he gets the best uh, <laughs> best actor Oscar uh, from Andrew. But Ali is very good as well because and Ali, this is the thing with Ali where he has oh, he's terrific. He has great comic he's, timing. Yeah, uh, and it's kind of it's that wonderful. It's and a straight man presence. Dynamic. Yeah, as well. Like and, the, the, it's it, it's it's a role with a lot of dignity. Yeah, and he carries it so tremendously. But he also hits all of the, like, again, this is the thing with the comic timing and stuff like that. And again, Farley being a director who's familiar with comedy, he understands how to hit those beats. We talked about that great sequence with the chicken bones where you get the punchline of him driving back to pick up the cup saying, squirrels would have eaten it anyway. Um, that sort of thing. 
But you have like a number of really great moments with Ellie, even in these heated arguments where it's like, I told you never to go anywhere without me. And he says, I assumed you'd want this to be the exception. <laughs> After he's been caught in a bathhouse with another man. Like there's that sort of thing that there's a whole number of lines like that, which are really, really yeah. good. And the, the, the one as well where um, like we're introduced um, a little bit to to Tony as a character and and to maybe how his his thoughts about these sorts of things are when we see him um, kind of the, the way him and his family um, aside from his wife, are 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 are, are looking at these these two African Americans who are who are who are helping um, making fixing, some repairs in is the, the air conditioner. Fixing I think or? did, did they the mention fridge. something about there being mold on the the, the oh. tiles? So that could have something to do with it. Um, I think they're doing some flooring. <laughs> um, so they, um, but then when he's in the interview. Um, he's 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 saying like, oh yeah, we uh we had some uh, color guys over um just the other day. It's funny you should mention that uh for drinks, <laughs> which is really funny. Yeah. It, it, it be, because of like you know the context of of oh, of that scene, like, and he has completely kind of repurposed it in order to uh, to integrate better. Yeah, there's a whole host of those, like his great, his Peor thing. I work in Peor. Yeah, awesome. yeah. Um, but even the little griff that he does at the start with the hat as well. You know, yeah. That's, like, I mean, this is the thing where I, I suspect you had I don't a natural... Even, like, the record exec. Sorry, you, you suspect... You... I was going to say, I suspect you had a natural affinity from Tony, for Tony, from almost the outset, when he, like... Tony very immediately proves that violence has its place as a way of resolving disagreements. Whether it does or not, it's <laughs> a lot of fun. Ton surely thinks it has great effect. But like that sequence where he's introduced at the Copacabana. It's like, get Tony. And he drags him out. And I love that like the guy gives him and lip. lip. The, the guy gives Tony lip lip uh, and he proceeds to swing at him. And once he's swung at him, apparently Tony considers him fair game. He punches him in the face, knocks him down, grabs his tie so he can pull his head back up and yeah. hammer it three more times. In fairness, Darren, I've never done that. <laughs> I've never punched somebody <laughs> on the ground to the point that Where blood blood it. is coming uh, on on onto my shirt. That I've, I need- I've, I've, I've 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 had blood on clothing, but I, it was probably mine. And if it wasn't, then I'm sorry. <laughs> never grab I, somebody's tie when they're. On I was the young and needed the money. <laughs> it was an underground fight. It's a fight club, a rich people fight club. But yeah, like I kind of I admire. I thought I thought that you would like admire the fact that again, because you've talked a little bit about this on the on the podcast before about how in some cases the greatest hits <laughs> <laughs> all of the things that's wrong with Andrew. <laughs> but, but like how you, you quite enjoy that I you know and and, and we know that you know violence like Don surely has a point. You know, yeah, you only win when you keep your dignity. But there's also something very cathartic about watching Vigo Mortensen yeah. punch a guy in the face oh, quite yeah. a bit. Yeah, and then it kind of like um, again, kind of like his um, um, Vigo is actually is like strikes me as a very kind of thoughtful person, but yeah. it is is terrific in these um, in these very violent roles as well. Yeah, like uh, he, he promise, for example, exactly. Uh, violence, and he, he's yeah. not he's not in any sense uh, traditional or obvious action star. star. Yeah. I think he very much comes to these kind of uh, roles like it was difficult for me to understand to get into the mindset yeah yeah and but so so well kind of um uh embodies it because you get the impression with some 
kind of um dramatic actors yeah no but some actors who 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 perform action that they that um that they can that they can kind of um that they're doing this violence in a way that doesn't have anything to do with them and doesn't affect them it's you just know. a matter of fact that they're doing it because it's in the script and because it's necessary to advance the scene almost. Exactly. But it it doesn't it doesn't get across to you as, the as the audience that there's something different about this person. Yeah. That they're kind of capable of this. Yeah. This is not just um something uh that they're doing because because the uh because the building has been hijacked <laughs> and um, by terrorists. By 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 by, by terrorists. This is a person with a history of violence, if you will, yeah. um, and a lot of Eastern promise. Yeah, so he he's he's extremely he's extremely good at that, um, and he, it gets to kind of um, it gets to do it again in this movie, but in a, a way that's very like specific to this film. Um, oh. So yes, I did enjoy that. I also enjoyed um, like just like randomly kind of when we talk about some of the um, some of the kind of comedy of the movie. There were so many. There were so many subtle little bits. The 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 record execs, um, oh, PJ Byrne from like Wolf of Wall Street. And yeah, to, to to talking to um, Tony at the start, and they're going like, yeah, okay, just like like they're they're very much in like. Um, do you know what you? The, you signed the, the contract. You're familiar yeah. with the terms. Your lawyer has reviewed the documents, right? Yeah, 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 and they're they're they're. There's like it's difficult to describe. You have to kind of like watch the movie. The movie, the way they deliver those kind of very small roles, yeah. where it's like one scene, few lines, um, get across very well that they're um, annoying kind of <laughs> um, weaselly record execs. Um, and you're not even in a studio. You're standing on a street. You have no props to work with. Um, again, casting PJ Byrne will get you halfway there, I suspect. Hmm. Um, he's one of Hollywood's great Weasley actors. And then you have Oleg. Um, oh, the the uh, oh, you mean the German, the Kraut. <laughs> <laughs> and George, the um, George like the, I, the I say Oleg, the... Oleg to more of an extent because we we um, there's a real kind of Oleg. characterization there as well, and 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 they. A, 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 we we get a better sense that. of who he is yeah. because be, 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 well he um, gets more dialogue he gets more yeah. sense but he gets a relationship even, that evolves even part of George's um, uh, uh, role is is to kind of provide exposition for Oleg yeah. <laughs> um, and 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 they they he has that moment at the end with like uh, Cold War is over um, uh, time for a truce yeah. <laughs> where he says oh Dunkishin and you, you see. Oleg kind of holding the glass like um <laughs> you son of a fun up. What did what did you just I can't believe I'm burying the hatchet with this idiot. Um, which is which 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 is which is terrific. There's there's there I suppose like coming to people to people who who say that this movie is kind of cack-handed i see a lot of that and kind of um in in insensitive but a lot of a lot of it kind of comes out of characterization because like there 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 there's a kind of an uncomfortable scene i don't know if it was uncomfortable for everyone who kind of had a problem with this movie with the when when they're uh packing the 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 trunk or the boost 
um, oh, out, yes. out, outside Carnegie Hall at the beginning. Yeah. And he just kind of like stands there smoking a cigarette. Wait, wait, because, because there's very much kind of like he's a trying. A hierarchy. In yeah. Some sense that he's, he's, trying to he's trying to establish like, even though, even though he's been. Um, even though he's working for Shirley. Even yeah. Though he's, yeah. Like, he's now driving an African-American around the deep south. There are still some menial tasks that are not, that are beneath him. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure he would probably um, do it, perhaps in other circumstances. But you get a sense that, like he's, he's like it's very, um, and there, 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 there is this sense of we don't really have any, we don't have a proper resolution for 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 that where 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 there is this. Um, well, he never encounters that character again. No, exactly. Moment, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so there is that. But in terms of uh, in terms of Green Book, then is there anything else you want to talk about? Anything that we particularly enjoyed that we haven't touched on already? Uh, you like the music, actually. I remember you said I really did like. And the I mean, music. even the I want music. I wanted to write down. Yeah, the the um, uh, Joe Pan. Um, uh, um, it was it was it was very good. I wanted to write down. Frankly, Andrew, the, nobody plays Chopin quite like me. The the people responsible. Um, because obviously this Chris is Bowers, based on a real yeah. person, Donald yeah. Shirley. But uh, Chris Bowers was a person credited um, as uh, responsible for the music, with the music supervisors being Tom Wolfe and uh, Manish Raval. And it, so, and it has a great sound. And again, you point out, I think there were moments when we were watching it where you're like, Darren, you should use that in the edit of the show. So, and, uh, listeners. And exactly. And I, I specifically said as well, uh, none of that non-diegetic. Fun up. Cause, cause, what I don't want to hear is the kind of corny strain that goes when when he's looking out at the at, at the field and 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 oh, the African Americans yeah, are sort yeah. of like staring and back across at him and seeing an African American wearing a suit. Yeah, yeah, and you have this stuff from the um, the soundtrack to um, to Forrest Gump, <laughs> where you buy it maybe thinking that it's going to be. All, 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 all those great cool 60s, 70s music. Fortunate uh, son and yeah, stuff like yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you have this kind of re- uh, really... So I can't yeah. make a, Darren is toned yeah. up, so Darren should not make musical sounds. Yeah, but... but uh, the, 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 um, anyway. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, like, like the... But the the performances that... Um, Shirley Gibbs. That Shirley Gibbs are fantastic. Yeah, they really, and, really are. All um, of them throughout the film. Absolutely, um, and they kind of and they're great because they're and they're also really, they're used for montages as well, which is a very nice use of them as well because they provide a nice sort of backbone. Now, in the montages, it can be a little bit corny because they have like the the kind of um, uh, uh, the, the, the 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 kind of d- double exposure with the where we can see the map. Uh, yes, and the <laughs> United States, a little oh. line going through. Oh, this was another moment. Sorry, this reminds me of another moment where I was thinking like because I literally wrote down violence solves everything at one point. The bit where he gets to the performance and. And it's not a Steinway. Yes, um, I love that. That <laughs> scene not, made me very happy. Yeah, that's and exactly what I was thinking. It was but also was, it was also a very funny movie because like um, when he uh, sorry go on ahead. No, no, go for it. The, the way it is resolved is true violence because he tries to be kind of uh, professional about it. It's like hey, it's in the contract. It's in the contract. He's got a he's got to have a Steinway. Steinway. This uh, this one's not a Steinway and it's got a load of um, uh, crap in it. Crap in it. It's like. Uh, why don't you clear up then? And it's like, what'd um, you say? <laughs> yeah, it's like, um, but say it again. It's, <laughs> it's hilarious because because he's like, don't you know this? Um, um, 
it's like there, there's not three Steinways in uh, in, in all of Alabama. Uh, uh, no, it's it in is in like um, Idaho, Ohio, one yeah. of those um, uh, 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 one of those vowel places. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, and he says, "Oh, you 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 better move your ass then." And 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 <laughs> and then and then I don't know what um, kind of causes him to. Uh, it's the clean it out. It's the bit where he says, "There's loads of crap in it." And he says, "So clean it out." And then he does like the. You want to say that again? Yeah, well, I said no, clean it out. But the point where he slaps him on the head—that's it. That, that's it. When he says so, clean it out. Then he slaps him in the head, and it's but great the, because the the, the the bit that I loved—he's yeah, holding yeah. his ear and he's like, because ah. it's like, like I thought we were only doing tough guy talk. <laughs> he's like, no, I know I was standing up to you, but you didn't have to hit me. I thought me. we were only doing vocally. Uh, yeah, and that, that's kind of like um, uh, the not such an unusual thing because there 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 is there is a sense in kind of like contemporary um sorry oh no god i'm gonna make a pivot to the go for it <laughs> go for it <laughs> no we're, we're like um are we taking a hard right or a hard left <laughs> a, into hard, the deep south? A, a hard right into the deep south but where where um, these days we have some of the vestiges of kind of uh, masculinity so people uh, you know uh, put on like kind of like a costume of, of, of being tough and having bravado but like as soon as you stand up to them you realize that they're that they're actually um, uh, none of the yeah. thing that they're pretending to be which I which I really enjoyed I mean so, like, like, again this is very shallow but I'm thinking of things like say the Charlottesville stuff where you had the people who were marching with tiki torches giving these racist sort of slurs who were like we will you will not replace us we will kill all of you and then you had like them being doxxed on social media being exposed and possibly facing being fired by their employers and those really satisfying videos of these racists and again like they're racist so you don't feel bad about it crying being like why why are you doing this and it's so great i know that you know obviously it'd be better if the whole thing never happened at all but it's like i feel like that's the best part of it is the racists crying about how unfair it is that they're being identified as racists yeah yeah because those are the people who hate snowflakes yeah that's it exactly that's the irony of it the level of projection on there i mean it's the same thing with safe spaces where you have like these conservatives who are complaining about safe liberal safe spaces but who are horrified whenever anything that is discussed outside anyway. their frame of reference <laughs> sorry, but anyway well, sorry we turned it into this yeah, podcast is uh, there anything else you want to talk about with the film anything we haven't discussed already that we would like to talk I, about like there's so many things there's like um him turning around um uh to shirley and saying you know that's a very prejudiced thing you said yeah <laughs> <laughs> Um, I I did enjoy the line that you picked out. Um, I assumed you'd want this to be the exception, yeah. which was terrific. Uh, be, 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 because it's a very darkly comic line. Yeah, and in a situation um, that's very grave and very serious as well. Exactly, and it adds a nice bit of levity. I mean, there's the whole thing with the um, <laughs> the pronunciation of Valonia, which I identified with, and it, like it's it's an interesting thing, the tension that exists between them, where it's like maybe you could call you Frankie, maybe they could call you uh, like Tony Valley or something, you know. And it's like they can call me Tony Lip or they can call me Tony Bologna. That's the thing. Yeah. Um, and it's like, uh, oh, take it. Fun up. yeah, that's it. Um, you're telling <laughs> these all these high class people more intelligent than me. You're telling me they can't pronounce my name. They can shove it up their ass. <laughs> um, and it's like 
I, that's the thing where you that's where you get like surely learning that he can be a bit assertive or whatever and he doesn't have to like be polite and kowtow and, and that's Tony kind of has a point no Tony does have a point and this is interesting because it gets into this whole thing about this idea of Tony's experience mirroring that of Shirley in a way that I'm not entirely comfortable with well but like no, we, but, but they're like um we have the... this experience with people with immigrants in this country they're... and in other countries where you take a name that is easier to pronounce like I've worked with Chinese people who call themselves, like, uh, Amy, for example. Right. Because she was worried that we wouldn't be able to pronounce Zuli. Now, I mean, that's a legitimate fear with Darren. I probably mangled it a little bit. But, I mean, it, it's something about integration assimilation that everybody faces. Yeah. Um, and so but, it's kind of interesting in that context that you have Shirley telling Tony to essentially assimilate. And, like, it's an interesting thing because, um, like, it might be a problem for some people... I guess watching the movie in kind of um, 2019, his kind of, his attempts to create kind of equivalences between his experience and, 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 and the black experience, or even some attempts in the movie to do that. Yeah. But, um, and by the way, just to be clear in context, that's stuff like the Irish slaves stuff that happens online. That's what makes me uncomfortable at it. Where you yeah. have this idea that like, you have this appropriation of, like, well, we were basically slaves, too, of, like, the African-American experience or the attempts to insist the African-American experience is not unique in American history or culture. And that makes me... That's the, that's the kind of thing that makes me uncomfortable about this because it feels a little bit like that, where it's like... Well, yeah, the, the, I've, I've listened to um, kind of black historians and economists talk about this, um, about the... Um, um, in, in, in part, kind of... Um, uh well about lots of things about kind of like white fragility and white rage and 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 then some of these other stories that get 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 told from kind of traditional migrant communities but there there's also a sense in which they've had a journey where they've where they've uh where they've whited themselves yeah they're, 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 like the irish, they're, Italians like the irish have been considered white until the 1890s exactly yeah. and a large but again there's a debate about how the or, large part of that was through othering the african-american community by saying we're not black exactly in yeah. fact i think as uh, uh, uh spike lee spoke about this recently on yeah. uh the blind boy um uh, podcast. podcast yeah which we'll include in the show notes actually yeah so the 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 um it's not it's not that it's not that these people these communities didn't have difficulties yeah. it's that as you say um one way in which they prevented themselves being uttered was was by othering kind of yeah fi- finding finding more easily identifiable scapegoats yeah. and, and, it, and also even like I what, think now at the moment suggesting equivalence in the direct experience so in terms of like irish and italian americans were treated terribly when they got to america i mean again Things like, for example, the, um, what's it called, Gangs in New York is an illustration of that sort of anti-immigrant sentiment. Yeah, and, 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 but the idea of suggesting that's equivalent to slavery is where you get, like... it. People, it, like, like pe- pe- people who were sent to... People who were sent to the East Indies um, to be uh, servants um, or to... Be, to, to to be indentured in, in in some sense or the other, like white Irish people, yeah. um, uh, uh, sent there. The the extent to which that was different from from slavery is that a lot of those um, uh, white Irish who went there became slavers themselves. Yeah. Um, which which is less kind of uh, does it doesn't translate <laughs> doesn't really help to our that much in, in yeah into in into, into a kind of associating. Oppression 
yourself with the black experience. There's a really great historian down in Limerick who covers this sort of stuff very uh, regularly and thoroughly. I feel bad that I can't remember his name. I'll put some of his work in the show notes, but he's basically he's dedicated himself to exploring the prevalence of this myth and those experiences he mentioned. R- wrote a paper on the Boston Celtics. <laughs> but yeah. Um, but yeah, is there anything else you want to talk about actually with the film that we haven't talked about already? I do like that you jotted down, do I look Irish? Um, when he's like, are you a cop? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Oh, that's great. Uh, no, I, I, I enjoy that. It, again, like it's a very uh, kind of a throwaway line, but it's kind of funny and it's delivered well. Yeah. It's written well. There's, 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 there's also a funny moment in the police station close to Birmingham, Alabama, where one of the older um, uh, uh, police officers says, um, you know, he does have rights. <laughs> um, no, no, like, there's, there's, uh, there's a wonderful quote. He does have, and then it's like rights. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it's it, it's it, it's 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 terrific. Um, um, where, where it's it's. Um, or it's where the, the, the old police officer refuses to believe that it's Robert Kennedy on, or the governor and Robert yeah. Kennedy on the phone. It's like, who is this? Bull- fun up. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course I recognize yeah. your voice. <laughs> But the, the the um I liked I liked the moments like Tony isn't a complete idiot. Um he, no, he's, he, he's incredibly he's, savvy. Yeah, and he's but he's actually given quite kind of like sensitive, uh, beautiful lines and, and the the and the way the way like kind of his his letters to uh to his wife at the end where 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 like he... it starts out as like you remind me of a house and it's and you see Shirley roll his eyes at that and then he keeps reading and it becomes this almost poetic like it's it's using the way that yeah. Shirley has taught him to talk but in his own way to express his own feelings as opposed and to and I just thought it was quite Shirley, touching is, yeah in a way that like you could say that some of the stuff. That the Doctor Shirley was getting to write were were was quite kind of almost kind of cliched it's in its own way, sort of yeah, yeah. And the, the the and he says to uh, Shirley, I think it might be the same night. He says um, the the world's full of lonely people afraid to make the first move. There's something very kind of like Andrew. Why are you making eye contact with me when you say that? <laughs> I'm not, but I should be. <laughs> um, um, it's the next podcast we record when we're <laughs> going to get through to you, Darren. Yeah. I guess that about wraps it up then, I think, in terms of discussing this. And, and that's a nice segue into what we'll be talking about next week. Because next week is our annual Valentine's Day Spectacular. Is it is. It's come around again. So quickly. Two Guys Die Alone 2019. That's how they do. Yeah. Um, and we will be discussing uh, Before Sunrise. Oh, I did want to say I, I did love the mugging. Because I knew it was coming. <laughs> oh, the bit with the... Because, again, yeah, that's the and setup the, with the yeah, reaction yeah. shot at the bar when he has the cash. Exactly. You see the guys at the end of the bar. And it's a nice payoff to the... Do you really have a gun, Tony? No! no. <laughs> Just terrific. Just takes out his gun. Bang, bang. <laughs> like, run away. Fun up. No, but it's, it's even just a little bit where he's like he's talking with him and then he just puts the hand out to stop him and then takes the gun out. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to explain this before I do it. The the like so many small moments. The, the when when they're when they're having a Christmas dinner. By the way, I love that Christmas dinner <laughs> when they show the whole table, like full of, all, full, of full of full of full of food and um. But they're talking about like um uh they're having this conversation that has nothing to do with the movie about how the television and uh, like <laughs> you could get electrocuted and then one of the no, other that's g- a toaster yeah that's the toaster no you can't get electrocuted by what? the television what's she the doing toaster. watching it in the bathtub <laughs> she taking it in the bathtub yeah 
<laughs> I, I, I really enjoyed that. They, they, it's a very funny movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's it for me. All right, then. So next week we'll be doing uh, Two Guys Die Alone 2019. Yeah, yeah. If uh, if you're not doing anything, which let's face it, you're not. You, have, you, you can you can you can join listen us to for us. Valentine's Day, exactly. uh, where we'll be discussing uh, Richard Linklater's Before Sunrise, which I haven't seen. You have not. I have not. I'm actually very. It's ex- Before Sunset, isn't uh, it? Which one's the first one? I'm not sure. Okay, but before watching- no, sorry. Uh, oh wait no you might be right you are right you are right it is before is sunrise and then before sunset is 2003 right. right so it's before sunrise we're watching yeah so that's the movie people just to be that clear, you need to listen to the first in the before trilogy is basically yeah. the way to describe it um so if you are want to watch that and we'll be talking about that next week i haven't seen it so i'm very very excited about this um, it's been on my radar we'll talk a little bit about why i haven't watched it yet next week because it was a conscious it's been a conscious choice on my part to avoid it for reasons uh, so we'll we'll talk about that when we get to it. But in the meantime, Andrew, is there something you've been enjoying that you'd like to draw people's attention towards? I'm enjoying the thought of you crying watching next <laughs> week's movie. Oh. Um, uh, but um, uh, is, thank you. I think. <laughs> um, is there anything that I want to uh, draw my uh, draw the listeners' attention towards? Darren's work, his uh, is his his movie blog. That's uh, M zero V I I B L O G, right? Yep. Um, there is uh, Dar- there are Darren's books. Uh, one on the X Files. One on one the X Files. Which is yeah. and Chris Nolan announced his latest film as well, so it will be soon out of date by July twenty twenty. Exactly. So get it. Get it. Well, it's relevant. Well, it's hot, baby. <laughs> um, yeah um yeah i i i um i'm always amazed uh that darren is able to do all of those things um kind of on top of on top of everything else he does and everything he does for this podcast and for scanon and everything else um check out check out darren he he, he doesn't uh i don't think he promotes himself nearly enough um, so yeah, I'd, I'd 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 point the listeners towards that. Thank you very much, Andrew. No problem. Um, in terms of recommendations for myself, I would say um, this is a best picture nominee. Um, I don't think it necessarily deserves to be. Again, even though there's a lot about the movie I like, as I pointed out, what I would recommend is some of the nominees that I I do like. Some of the best picture nominees that I do like. Um, we didn't get to talk about Black Black Panther. We didn't get to talk about Black Panther. But we did uh, we did get to talk about stuff like Bohemian Rhapsody, and we did get to talk about stuff like A Star Is Born. So you can listen to those episodes. Sorry to bother you, isn't? I know no, I've no, already. No, no. Sorry I know to bother you. Doesn't already, have a single nomination, uh, which is astounding. That. Yeah. Um, but in terms of stuff that's like the favorite is is probably one of my. I'd uh, love to see that. I you know I haven't seen any of his movies, and so many people have really? told me they're right up my street. Do you have a Blu-ray I really player, Andrew? The, I I do not. Okay, I can't help you. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was gonna. I was trying to. I, I have like I have the Killing of a Sacred Deer on Blu-ray. It's great. Lobster. Uh, I do not have the lobster, unfortunately. D lobster. D lobster. Do you have a lobster? I have a single lobster, but that's for me when I get hungry. I only have only the D best lobster. Um, I, I cut off the prong so I can't hear it scream. But no. Um, okay, so- Google, kill the lobster. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the automated kitchen of the future. Uh, but anyway, so in terms of that, the favorite is one of my favorites, uh, yeah. probably of the uh, of the best picture nominees. I also really liked Vice, uh, which is out in Irish cinemas now. Uh, literally, as you're listening to this, I saw one of those terror. Like I have this annoying thing at work that I've tried to fix but can't. When you open up a 
tab in Internet Explorer. Oh, it plays the, it, the ad. No, no, it's it's it starts showing you all of these like really trashy news stories, um, uh, like for uh, like Meghan uh, Markle, like you won't uh, you won't believe what happens next. Yeah, yeah, you and won't that, believe what Meghan Markle is wearing to the Prague Fashion Week. Yeah, or some uh, nonsense that I don't care about. I, and it's fine that people care about it. But all this crap, lowest common denominator. Oh, fun up. That if you like, <laughs> you should be taken out and shot. That, but, uh, you, but, uh, but, but anyway, getting to the point. But Green Book um, is great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, to the that point. Was, that was mean. Um, anyway, go for it, Andrew. It said something like, um, our, our vice and um, I think there was like a second... Uh, movie. Our 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 vice in this other movie, the worst. Um, Bohemian uh, Rhapsody are the worst reviewed. Uh, best picture. Bohemian, nominees. yeah, yeah. That like sixty two percent on Rotten Tomatoes, sixty four percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yes, Vice is highly divisive. I don't know if they enough. even had if Bohemian Rhapsody was even the other one, but maybe it was. Okay, Bohemian Rhapsody is the worst reviewed best picture nominee in twenty years, uh, which is quite impressive. What a first man! It also. <laughs> Yeah, there's a question. That's why First Man couldn't make the difference. Um, but yeah, I, I really like Vice. It is divisive. Widows, which didn't get um, any You're doing nominated. it all today. You're yeah. like, I really liked Favourite. It was one of my favourites. I really liked Vice. It was divisive. Yeah. Uh, you're <laughs> waiting really to see how Widows. I'm going to work Widows in. Um, it, uh, it couldn't take advantage of the widow opportunity that was presented to it. Uh, but yeah, I, I really, really liked Widows. If you haven't seen Widows, go and see Widows. I would wholeheartedly recommend it. If you haven't seen those, uh-huh. then... <laughs> Yeah, then check all those things out. Uh, but yeah, so that, that's about it. We'll be back next week. Uh, in the meantime, you can follow Andrew online at... Twitter, A-Q-U-I-N-N-I-U-Q-A. You can follow me at Darren underscore Mooney. And, and that's Dara... Darren. 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 I okay. Non-underscore. Thank you. Non-underscore. I should stop having mini strokes in the middle of announcing my Twitter handle. Darren underscore Mooney. Um, with yeah. A, yeah, so don't type out underscore. No, just like and the character. Yeah, um, and then you can find that next to like like under a hyphen. Yeah, so if you press shift hyphen, and, and that'll get you there. Yeah, um, that's on a like a standard QWERTY keypad. <laughs> what about people in other countries? You can also follow us at the two fifty. We're ver- available on Spotify, on Spotify, on Stitcher, iTunes, uh, wherever good podcasts are available, SoundCloud as well. Uh, take that SoundCloud apparently Spot- yeah Spotify SoundCloud um, Stitcher Stitcher Pod- yeah. iTunes Podcast Addict Podcast Twerp yeah. um, uh, uh, I'm pretty sure you're just making some of those up Andrew at this point <laughs> I may have made one up <laughs> alright take it easy guys we'll be back next week bye bye oh.